ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Nate, and I'm joined tonight, tonight, yeah, tonight, by both Jason and Uncle Mark. Did you say tonight? Which one's going to talk like first? Like it's tonight. Oh, can't hear us yet. Hang on. Now they're unmuted and they can say something. Oh, <laughs> you just missed. I knew this was going to happen. You knew it. You give you him the it. power, and all of a sudden he's muting us. Ah, oh. now you're muted again. How's that? And and, and you <laughs> muted my first dad joke. Oh. And I mute. Well, maybe maybe somebody will be grateful for that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so here we are again. We're playing with some more new technology so sorry for muting you guys but i might do nah. it again at random are throughout you? the show <laughs> i don't think you are ah uh, all right so i guess we'll just hop right on in then huh tonight's uh, like a bunny like a bunny tonight's topic is something that uh, that mark actually came up with so you know be surprised or or not whichever um, wow how much does your job identify you? And is that a good or a bad thing? So I don't know that we have the answer, but we're going to talk about it tonight, right? So Mark, you want to throw an intro into what, what you had in mind here? So, right. You know, I'm kind of that generation of, of when I meet somebody else. You know, one of, the, one of the first things you do after, you know, hey, I'm Mark or whatever, nice to meet you. One of the first questions you always ask is, so what do you do? And we don't, when we ask that question, at least when you're, when you're from, you know, my, when, me growing up, my generation, whatever you want to call it, we're not, we don't really, what we're really asking is, you know, what, what, what's your job? You know, not, we don't want to know that you're a Renaissance poet who has three labradoodles and, and whatever, or whatever, you know, we think of ourselves as, you know, I'm a pharmacist or I'm a computer guy or I'm a car salesman or, or whatever, whatever it might be. Right. And that kind of, that goes back a long time. Right. You know, my last name, Richter, I've been told that Richter actually means judge in German and, and a lot of surnames, come from, you know, the family job, you know, where dad was the blacksmith and then the sons were his apprentices and their sons were the apprentices, you know, so they were, you know, so therefore you've got Jason Hammersmith who now is a, a you know, who now has a degree in women's studies because, you know, he, he eventually left the family business. Right. Right. That's yeah. actually, I, that didn't even come to mind when you, when you mentioned the, the whole concept of, uh, you know, does it identify you? It, there was a time when it literally did, right? I mean, you were identified not just uh, by what the town knew you as, you know, like when you think of a small community, right, where you're the blacksmith, right? People know you're the blacksmith, but it's also literally part of your name. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, sorry, I'm busy trying to fix something on the stream here. No, it's all right. <laughs> Wham, it's and, okay. you know, I, I can't speak for you guys, but depending on where I am in my career, um, I'm always, it, the, the question always is, am I defining myself too much by what I'm doing? Like if I were to lose my job, 
for whatever reason, obviously, you know, not, not making the money anymore would be difficult, but assuming I could, you know, get a different job, but you know, not in the same place or whatever, you know, how, how destructive to my, to my self-worth, I guess you'd call, I'm sound like a hippie tonight, right? You know, <laughs> how, but how much do, how much of our personalities do we equate with, with what we're doing for what's in theory, a business transaction with an employer? So, I mean, I don't you, know. I think it's an interesting cultural question. You can call it like you're sounding like a hippie if you want, but it really is an introspective thing, right? You have to think about, you know, looking sort of inward, which you could say is a hippie thing, whatever. So get used to it, Mark. We're going to be doing that tonight. Mm. <laughs> and mm. it was your idea. So <laughs> I know. I know. So um, the the reason that, that I thought this would be a good topic was because... I, I think when you mentioned it, I sort of identified that some in myself, right? So I've I've sort of always wanted to be a sysadmin, right? That was like the thing that drove me in my career for quite a long time. And um, then when I was, there was quite a while, and we even talked about this on the show for a while, uh, where I didn't know what to do next, right? Because it's like, here I am. I'm a sysadmin now. <laughs> now what, you know? Um so yeah, I th I think I I that that definitely uh, reverberates with me a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can really judge whether it's a good or bad thing though. Like it could have been <laughs> if I didn't or figure out what to do yeah. next. Or even think of the uniquely American thing when when Aunt uh, when 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 Aunt Julie and Uncle Tim come and see you at Christmas when you're little. You know, they ask you, so how's school? So what do you want to be when you grow up? You know? Yeah, now, right. And that is... Now, five-year-old Mark did not say, I want to be a technical account manager. Five-year-old Mark actually flipped between wanting to either be a doctor or be a pilot, like airplane pilot. Uh, but yeah, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a vet. Veterinarian, that is. Yeah. I know that could be a misleading term. I don't know. I, I mean, I wanted to be in tech, but I think I, I'd almost flip it and say that I think my job should be defined by me, not me defined by my job. Interesting. Do tell. So, you know, I, I, I've been through a bunch of different positions and they've all been in tech and, you know, I get into it, enjoy some of it, don't enjoy some of, you know, what happens. And then I move on to something else. And it's always seemed like it's a, it's kind of a game trying to find the right position for myself that I'm going to enjoy. And it's, it's, I guess in the end, if I find that ultimate position, yeah, it sort of is the same as the way that I define myself, but I'm trying to, I'm not trying to find a position that's going to define me. I'm trying to find a position that I've already defined or, or continuing to find. So, you know, like right now I'm a, um, I'm DevOps. I spent far too long as a network engineer. Um, I've done systems, I've done, you know, security, I've done um, development on the side and, you know, I've done, I've been an analyst for a while. So, you know, right now I'm, I'm in DevOps, but I'm, I'm doing some analyst stuff too, which I'm finding to be, <laughs> Honestly, a lot more interesting than the the work that I'm doing elsewhere. So I think 
what happens over time is that you, you define what you want to be and find the job that fits that. Um, if you're defined by your job, I think, you know, you don't necessarily know yourself. Now that's introspective. <laughs> you don't know yourself. Know yourself. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've been drinking, so yeah. Uh, sorry. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I don't. I I think I figured out somewhere around high school age that tech was probably where I was going to have a career. Um, so I'm kind of in in a similar boat to Jason, except that I didn't figure it out when I was very very young. I figured it out, you know. Kind of, I guess when a lot of people figure out what they want to do with their life, which is teenage years, right? Some people never figure it out. So I guess I should be grateful that I figured out something that worked. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. But uh, I was just completely fascinated with computers and specifically with computer communication, right? So this was in the days of dial-up BBSs and dial-up internet, eventually, actually pretty quickly dial-up internet when you think about the... The era that I'm talking about, this is the mid, mid to late 90s. And uh, it, was just, it just fascinated me. And it turned out that that was like, you know, a good place to have interest at the time. <laughs> but I think if you, if you think about it, I mean, you, you've got the broad strokes of I want to be in tech. I want to be a cook. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse, right? But every single one of those jobs has... A, a way to specialize and a way to dig in on something specific, right? So, yeah, I want to be a doctor. Well, do you want to do internal medicine? Do you want to be a pediatrician? Do you want to be a heart surgeon? You know, when you get into tech, it's like, well, do you want to do networking? Do you want to do systems? Do you want to write code? And I think over time, as you grow, you sort of go through this process of refinement. And, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to do this. Um, you know, which is where I would encourage, like, if you get that opportunity, by all means, take it. But, you know, if you can, if you can make your way forward and move yourself in the direction that you want and that interests you, I think overall, you're going to be much happier. And you know what, there's going to be jobs that suck. And sometimes you just have to deal with crappy jobs for a while while you're looking for something better. Right, because you got to, you got to eat. Because if you don't eat, you friggin die. Well, you lose, yeah. you lose a lot of weight first, which is sometimes a good thing. But yeah, eventually you die. Yeah, that could be a good yeah. start, right? So um, I don't know. As far as identity is concerned, right? Um, I'm gonna say that for a very long time, my I don't know. I don't how do I frame this right? So my public identity. That is like, if you meet me on the street or whatever, or you're part of my family or you're one of my friends or whatever, wasn't necessarily Nate the sysadmin, but it was definitely Nate the technologist or Nate the guy that knows those computers, right? But professionally, I mean, like like I said, literally from the time I got into college, my, my goal was to become a network or systems administrator. And, you know, maybe I set that goal too low. I don't know. But... Um, it was very much part of who I was on a professional scale. Like that was it. That's what I wanted to do. It wasn't, I want to be somewhere in technology. It wasn't, I want to do something with computers. It was specific. I want to be a Linux network or Linux systems or network administrator. Cause you know, some people call network administrators and system administrators, the same thing. Mm. Um, 
but that was my goal. I wanted to run servers and I wanted those servers to be Linux. And then, you know, I got there <laughs> and then it was like, okay, do I just do this the rest of my life? Uh, which I could have, you know, and in a way I still am, I, I suppose. It's just not exactly as I pictured it way back in high school. In a lot of ways better, I'd say. Yeah, it's, I pictured it's, it in high school. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. So, 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 I mean, you're one example of a person who kind of knows from the get go, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. This is the thing that really excites me and I'm going to go for it. And then you've got the more wider, you know, I, I think my initially I was more interested in like going into game design, game programming, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, unfortunately born on the wrong coast. So that was not a thing that, you know, when I was born was a sort of a thing that I could get into. And I sort of drifted into tech in general because I'm, I'm just fascinated by tech. And I've sort of, re I've refined it and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, st I'm still growing. I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I've gone from, well, I want to get into like networks are really interesting. So I'm going to start digging into that. And then, you know, as part of that, um, you know, the sysadmin side of it came in because, well, I need those tools to do the thing that I'm doing on the network stuff. Um, and I learned that. And then, you know, more recently, because honestly, networks have become sort of commodity. Everybody does it. There's nothing new and super interesting there for the most part. Um, you know, I, I got into the more system side of things. Now I'm doing DevOps. Um, but I'm, I'm the type of person who wants to be an architect. I want to design. I want to get into the guts. I want to be the guy who inputs things and, you know, gets kind of has a hand in the design. And, you know, I've, I've got a side gig now where I'm kind of doing some analyst stuff and, um, you know, I've done it in the past and it's, it's more, it's because of the experience that I've had so far, it's, it's becoming more of a, a really exciting prospect. Um, you know, whereas you have those people that are, you know, they're, they're sort of scattered. They sort of go through life trying one thing after another, after another, after another. Um, and sometimes they never settle and, and depending on your personality and depending on what interests you, I mean, that might be okay. You know, you kind of have to build and, and go for the jobs and the, the positions that sort of interest you at the time. And if that means that you're there for six months and you leave, then okay. You know, you got the experience, move on, do something different. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment and um, say that, so Mark, I think you approach this from whether it's bad, right? That your job identifies you. Am I, am I wrong with that? That's what it seemed I, like when we I, talked about it. I think you could certainly infer that that's the spirit behind the question. Okay. Right. So I think, so I guess it depends a lot on what your personal goals are, right? So I'll say that being so heavily involved in technology uh, in my personal life, which you could say is also my professional life, right? Like a lot of my hobbies are <laughs> running services and servers, and they were before I was ever a sysadmin, right? And that's part of what got me into the role because I had that passion and that interest. Uh, it's done wonders for me professionally. Right? It's really advanced my career. Now, whether that's good or not, it's good for my career. It's good for my income, which in turn is good for my family, right? Mm. Because that means that 
I'm more successful and there's more income. Uh, I have a stable job. We don't have to worry about, you know, being kicked out on the street or something. Not that we're that worried about that anyway, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, good or bad is a difficult thing to, to sort of define, I think is what I'm getting at. So let me ask you this since I'm wearing the shirt of a famous billionaire right now, right? If, and I should probably ask myself this question, but if you guys were, let's just say arbitrarily, if you were billionaires, would you still do the job you're doing during the day? That's a tough one. Uh, I will adamantly say that if I was a billionaire today, like if, like if your rich uncle Scrooge McDuck yep. dies and you suddenly inherit a billion dollars tomorrow, I would do the role, but screw the company. I would, I would, I have no interest in stopping working, doing what I do, but I would be much, and I've thought about this a lot because this is, I would, this is a, like a, a, a dream scenario for me. I would do this for companies I'm interested in. And, and I think it, I think it, there's a, there's a limit, but I think it frees you from sort of towing the corporate line, if you will. Mm. I would do this for companies and be a lot, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blunt as it is today. I hadn't noticed. Yeah, no. I, I'm pretty blunt, but <laughs> but but my 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 limit right now is that I have a family that I need to feed and clothe and keep a house and you know and buy plastic so, crap. So that right, there's only so yeah. far I can go. Um, but if I was completely free of that, you know, I, I think, you know, not that I was going to turn into a complete ass about it, but you know, you're going to get an honest to God, like complete reaction from me on things. And, and, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm fairly blunt now. So, I mean, Nate's worked with me before. Um, I tend not to hold back a whole lot, um, but I know there's limits, but if, 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 if there was no, you know, your wait, you know, there's limits. Yes, there are limits. Didn't look that way. Where's where's the well, limit? Well, there's there's limits and there's a breaking point. So you saw you saw the breaking point. Okay. Uh, okay. But the limits. That's, that's I mean, fair. You know, playing playing within the limits, I do. But you know, if there's if there's no breaking point anymore, like you're gonna get complete honesty from me. Like, you know, like I I tend to tell it like it is. Like if I think your idea is stupid, I'm gonna tell you. I can be swayed. And I'm more than happy to argue things. And and I think I'm, I mean, Nate, correct me if I'm, I'm full of myself. You're wrong. No, I think wrong. I can have arguments where I believe something and then be swayed to the other side with a good argument. But, you know, to the point where I will tell somebody, like, you're insane, I'm leaving. I mean, that's that's sort of that breaking point where I'll, I'll stop because I know that I, I got to put food on the table. Right. But if, if there's no limit there, then yeah, I'm going to tell you you're insane. So from my perspective, I'll say that I was uncertain when I switched jobs. And I think I voiced that on this show. I know I, I voiced that with Mark because Mark was very involved I, in me uh, getting hired. But um, we had lunch together and 
I laid it all out, right? Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what helped me decide to finally go ahead and take the leap. That and there were things going on at the previous job where it's like, you know, I got to do something. And this sounds like a pretty good something. Um, so I, that's that's basically to lead up to say that now that I'm almost a year in to the role that I'm in, I do enjoy it. There are certain aspects of it that uh, I could certainly live without. And if I had a billion dollars, I would find a way to do that. <laughs> But uh, on the whole, it's a pretty good, pretty good gig. Uh, when I was still at the college, and if we go back to maybe three, four years, maybe even while you were still there, Jason, maybe even before um, the the staffing, all the staffing shakeup occurred. You know, all the all the great people that left, and um, the people who replaced them. But there was a point where there was no question in my mind when I was still at the college that if I inherited a billion dollars, I was going to build an ITS building. And we could all go work there. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Oh yeah, I yeah. was gonna donate it to the college and say, "Here, build oh, us, build us an awesome building." Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, keep I just, working. I just want my name on it. Yeah, right. No, I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't care if my name was on it. I just like it. Always felt like uh, because we were the IT folks, we were kept yeah. in a basement and right. shuffled around and whatever. And that that would be sort of like my thumb to the college. I have um, a programming yeah, course in, in, at Gangriff in at three o'clock. Yeah, right, right. No, no, it wouldn't be a class building. It would be an IT building. Ah, uh, you wouldn't have classes in <laughs> no, it? No. IT classes? Put, we would okay. put the servers there, and we would, we would have put us there. But all the servers are in the cloud. But if you've got a billion They're dollars, like, why not build two? Well, maybe. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Look, I didn't say I fully fleshed this out. I didn't have a billion dollars. Yeah. Weak sauce. But, uh, you know, there was, and then there was a point where I would have easily said, you know, as things progressed there, if you gave me a billion dollars, I would walk away from that place in a heartbeat and go find something that truly gave me joy. And that might not have been in IT. There was a Sparks point. joy. There was a point a year or two ago where um, I would have, if I was financially able, I would have left it and went and focused on the, the jeeping stuff I was doing on the, the YouTube channel. Like that's a whole other passion that doesn't get covered here that I'm equally passionate about. It just takes a whole lot more money than it with it. I can take my laptop and tinker with really cool software, right? I've got two grand invested or whatever, where with, with jeeping it's two grand is a start. (laughs) You know, 20 might get you something great. (laughs) I I went the evil route. So, you know, I've always had the, while we were at the college, it was always like, Oh, if I had the money, you know, we could build a building and this would be great. But, you know, towards the end, it was, I'd build a building, but you have to make these changes. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah. We won't go into those changes, but they weren't good for certain people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go too far down this path because some of those people might, well, they don't listen, but some of the people they work with might listen. <laughs> yeah. But, um I don't worry about that. Yeah. So, Mark, what about you? You brought up the question. You don't get to skip. I'm not going to skip. I know exactly what I'd do. Okay. What would you do? I'd resign from the hat. Uh, I would spend half my time doing full-time, like half my time, although I just said full-time, I would be doing scout volunteer stuff as needed. I would probably start a small company, buy a, comp- buy a couple of Red Hat subscriptions, apply to be an accelerator, <laughs> continue nice to interact that. And, and I, would, I would continue to actually contribute stuff back into the Linux ecosystem one of the things that I've always had, I'll call it a passion, right? Uh, I've been an, I'm a, I've done programming, but I'm not a very good programmer. One of my gifts has always been teaching 
other people's stuff about computers, right? Whether in a classroom situation or whether like the, the TAM job is neat for that because you get to like play coach. You're like yeah. the coach of the football team. That's one you're of the things I really on, like about it. Yeah. You're not on the field with the ball, but you're telling, you're telling the, the guys what to do. So I would continue to contribute to, to the Linux and rel efforts by, by, by doing blogs, by learn, you know, teaching people about performance, by teaching them about things like that to kind of give back to the, to the open source community. Yeah. I can um, get behind that. Yeah. yeah. Nate, yeah. Nate knows I'm a, I'm a big Kickstarter guy. So yeah, I, because I yeah. thoroughly enjoy helping other people make their dreams come true like that. You know, because the reality the small is amount that I can do yeah. it, but yeah. My job is awesome. It's the best job I've had, but it's, there's still job parts to it that I wish I could just say, F it. I don't yeah, feel like dealing with this. That's kind of my, that's kind of the point I was trying to make. Like I said, I, ah, uh, save one case. Nah. Yeah. Don't feel like it. Give that to somebody else. Ah, got to do, got to, got to do some paperwork. Screw that noise. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. so Josh is in the chat here. Um, <laughs> he said he would stay with Red Hat, but he would look for a different role. Something with, something with more community outreach, which is similar to what you were just describing, Mark, except you would leave. Well, and, and, and the way I'm thinking about similar. it, I would give, again, this is hypothetical dead uncle dies tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be like, I quit now. I mean, I'd give oh, yeah. you guys, I'd give you guys like, I'll give you three months notice, let you replace me. Uh, but it's more like, hey, step aside, let somebody else get paid for the role because they wouldn't need it is, is another way of thinking about it. I don't know, but that's, that's fantasyville. You know, things, things yeah. you can deal with. <clears throat> I don't think I have a billionaire uncle or billionaire mm, no. anywhere that, that could possibly uh, send me a billion dollars by dying. Unless I don't know about them. I guess that's possible. There have been movies made on, on this exact premise. <laughs> I'm but sure I that's realistic. The, 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 reason, the reason that I came up with the topic originally, because we were talking about talking about burnout, right? Yep. Because we're in, we're in a weird-ass time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, with the pandemic, with people having a hard time separating work from home time, which I've had, I've had good practice since 2015 at Red Hat. So I, mm -hmm. I have no challenge with that myself. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I think, you know, sometimes I think there's a little bit of a danger if your whole personality becomes your job and then when the country, when the company inevitably has a downturn or when you end up working for an asshole boss, which thankfully has never happened to me here, um, or things other, otherwise go nuts, suddenly, like, that can be soul-destroying, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it another way. Think about it if you're a small business owner and you've poured your life into building that business, right? And that's you. Yeah. That's that's not just your job. That's, I know those folk. That's you, right? And then something happens. I, I'm not going to get... Like a global pandemic. That's not where I was going to go. But that, no, that's, what I, that's the point I was just trying but to make. But there's like, people I'm going through go that, that right direction. now. But yes, there are people that are going through that right now because a pandemic hit and all of a sudden state governments say people can't go out, they can't go to businesses or whatever. Now, granted, that was temporary, kind of. Um, but yeah, a lot of people got hit. In fact, there's a there's a little movie theater just around, you know, across 
In fact, it's in the town you used to live in, Jason, that they closed up their doors about a month after after all the lockdown started. Uh, so, you know, I don't know that there's any movie theater owner who's crying in his beer right now because that was his life. But, you know, small businesses like, um, well, the YouTube channel that I was just talking about, if 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 I had gotten completely fed up at the college and I found a way to make that thing work. Right. And that was it. That was my life. Um, and then something took it away from me, whether it was the pandemic or something else. YouTube changes their rules and all of a sudden I can't make money doing it anymore or I get hurt, you know, or, you know, whatever. Someone comes and sues me for all I'm worth and I can't afford to do it anymore. Like that would be a pretty big hit, not just financially, but um, lifestyle and pride and yeah, just everything. I can't even imagine wanting to be there. That's probably why I've never really <laughs> like the idea of running your own business sounds fun in certain respects because it's like, this is you and you you're beholden to no one, but you and your customers. Uh, but on the other side, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty there, which I don't know if I could live with. Hmm. Anyway, I just kind of rambled a bit there, but you know, that's a perfect a perfect example of when your job is your life or is your lifestyle because you know if you don't put your heart and soul into it uh you could easily not have a paycheck right indeed but it does lead well into the topic of burnout uh which is initially what we were going to talk about tonight as mark mentioned uh and in a world i'm burned out you're burnt out Oh, yes. Well, not to be too harsh, Jason, but generally, from my from a, from an outsider's perspective, you generally put your life into whatever you're working on. I do. I do. This, <laughs> this, this, it's easy to get burned out when you do that. This current role is is beyond that a little bit. So I'm, I'm pretty burnt out with what I'm doing. Yeah. The, the side gigs I'm thrilled about and I'm, I'm going nuts. But like the main the main day-to-day job, I am completely burnt out. It's funny, just earlier today, I was talking to a previous coworker who's going through uh, a hard time technologically wise. And it's stuff I used to be responsible for. Um, and it just, it just popped into my head that uh, one of the great things I like about the role at Red Hat as a TAM is that I don't get the 2 a.m. calls from the CIO but that the world's on fire. Right. Like they, they don't happen. I don't know if they never happen, but contractually they should never happen. Right. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> we're nine to five. But um, when I was a sysadmin, there was so much of that. Um, I, sh- I shouldn't necessarily say at the college, but the place I was at before that, that was a, a small little web host that I've talked about in the past. You couldn't be on call without getting paged several times a week. And probably 50% of those pages were, you know, an hour drive into the office at two in the morning because the server went down, right? So um, if you want to talk about burnout, like that that wasn't even me choosing to put that much time in. That was, you're required to. You have to do that. You know, if you don't do that, you could lose your job, that kind of thing. That's even more stressful, I think. At the college, I spent a whole lot of time off hours just tinkering with stuff. Like I was working on a project and it wasn't quite done at 5 p.m. 
but I was really close to something. So I'd come home, I'd eat dinner with the family, and then I'd hop right back on my laptop and start doing stuff. And while, yes, it showed the employer that I was a dedicated worker, it also uh, took me away from the family, right? Which put strain on my marriage. That was something I had to deal with. Um, but uh, Jason, I know you do that a lot as well, where work never seems to stop for you. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten, so it's weird. So this, this, this new position I'm in has burnt me out in a way that I've never really dealt with before. So I, I will do the nine to five and at five o'clock I'm done. Mm-hmm. I will walk away and, and I, like, I call it burnout and I'm wondering if it's, if it's true burnout or if it's just like, I have no, I have no attachment to the company or the work that we're doing. Yeah. That sounds right? more like, like, like you're dissatisfied. I put, <laughs> I, put I, I, I do the work. Like I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the professional that will put the work in and do the work to the best ability, blah, 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 blah. But I get, I find myself getting more and more frustrated with simple things every day. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, to me, that's burnout. Like I, I, you know, like I've been in jobs where I just, I enjoy it and I will sit and I will just go for hours. Um, you know, I've, I've learned, you know, I had the same thing with, with my wife not being too thrilled that, uh, uh, she was second in the relationship. Um, so, you know, I've, I've learned to change that so that she's first cause she should be. Um, and I, I think I've been doing better at that, but, but this, this, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm a little bit lost at the moment. Um, which is why, like, like I said, the, the side gigs that I'm doing are just so much more interesting and more exciting than, than what my day to day is. So I'll tell you that I felt like that at the college by the end. I don't know if it was burnout or if it was just that I was unsatisfied with just in general, the way things were going. Um, Knowing what I know about you, that was likely that it's likely that you're not, you don't agree with the direction (laughs) and that bothers you, right? I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, it does. But exactly what you were describing, right? So I I would come home from work miserable and my wife noticed it and she wasn't happy about it. Uh, I didn't even realize it was happening, right? But I guess that's what happens when you're... There was, there was a, well, there was a definite feeling of things slipping away from me there, which I didn't like. Yeah, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm sort of having a conversation in chat with, with I see. Josh at the moment, but I mean, and, and I'll 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 put this right into the podcast. Like, you know, he he's he's very much you know take your PTO, and yeah. and I've got two things sort of working against me. One is I'm a team of basically two. I mean, there's, there's actually three of us, but one is so specialized that they can't take over the roles of the other, the other people in the group. And I feel since I'm the, the leader of the group, um, it's hard for me to take PTO and sort of just dump everything that's going on on everybody else. And the other thing is like, if I'm going to take vacation, then I want to go on vacation. And that's really not a thing you can do right now, which is just screwing with me. That, that kind of sucks right now. I mean, that's not always. Uh, you've had the PTO problem forever. I can remember as far back yes, as, yes, as I, I can have. remember that you always had leftover PTO. In fact, you were like losing PTO at the end of the year, and that's never a good thing. 
Um, now, granted, the college gave us a ton of PTO and let you carry a ton more, right? But the fact that you carried all of that and then still lost means you weren't taking enough, right? And See, I, I'm, I was of, I had the same problem when I was there, right? Because we genuinely enjoyed what we were doing. You didn't feel like you needed a day off, right? That changed, <laughs> but um, you tell, uh, yeah. Mark. It sounds like you're trying to say something. Well, I always had the problem for a long time because just having kids and making not the greatest financial decisions all the time is probably when I had the crappier jobs and really needed to take it. Like mm -hmm. we couldn't really go on what you'd consider real vacations. Like, you know, maybe we drive down to Virginia and stay with my wife's grandparents or something like that. But for, for, for me, for a long time, vacation was chill at home. Oh, and the week of summer camp with Josh, starting with his second year of Cub Scouts. Like, our, for our big family vacation, like the big one, was Disney in January of 2018. That's when things finally came together and we're like, screw this. And so we did Disney in January. Then we did a Royal Caribbean cruise that summer and then did a Disney cruise in January of 2019. It was like, which bam, almost, bam, bam. Which almost killed yeah. No, no, that was the, <laughs> that was the, that was the second honeymoon vacation and cruise that Sharon and I went on by ourselves in March and it was wonderful. And I do it all. Oh, you're right. Again. I'm sorry. I'm thinking January. Do I was it all thinking again. the wrong year. Yeah, <laughs> it all blends together anymore. But I am the guy who did take vacation time for the launch of WoW Cataclysm, as well as the launch of Fallout 4. I absolutely took vacation days for them. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm in the same boat, Mark. We, we generally don't have the money to go on big vacations. Um, our Disney trip last year was probably the first real true big vacation we've been on since the way since uh, my wife and I were married. Um, we've been on little trips, of course, our honeymoon, we, we spent more than we probably should have on that, <laughs> mm. but we were young and dumb then. Um, the, the, the Disney trip, we managed to actually pay cash for everything that we did. And part of it was paid for, for us. So, you know, yay, we learned something in 17 years, <laughs> but, um, I've taken a lot. And I mean, a lot of times where it's like, here's my vacation. All I'm doing is not going to work. Right. And that might not sound exciting, but, you know, I, I get to tinker on my Jeep or I get to finish some projects around the house or I get to sit down and watch TV for a week, you know, and that's maybe not as relaxing as a trip, you know, to someplace cool or hanging out at the beach or cruise to Disney, whatever. But uh, it's something it's better than getting up and going to work in the morning. Hmm. It's so weird, though, because right now, to, to Jason's point, home and work for many of us are so blurred mm -hmm. that to turn vacation into I'm just not logging into my computer, that's sometimes not the break people need. So the advice I give to everyone that tells me that is that I, yes. to, to me, personal time on a computer is completely different than personal or than work time on a computer. Right? Oh, yeah. Because it's a hobby. Because it was a hobby before it was ever a job, right? And the way I have that cut off so that I'm not tinkering on something that's completely a personal project and all of a sudden an email for work comes in is I have this over here. 
which is my work laptop, which is powered off at 5 p.m. and stuck in the backpack that I would take it with me if I was going somewhere, but I have nowhere else to store it, so that's why it stays there. It's not on when I'm not working. And all of my work stuff is on here. I don't have the VPN set up on my personal laptop, which I probably am not supposed to anyway. I don't have uh, my my work... I don't have my work email or calendar accessible from my personal machine. I don't have any of the tools I would need to do my job on my personal machine, and that's intentional. I do keep my email, of course, on my phone, but Android gives me this, this option for a work profile that I can literally turn off on weekends or turn off on evenings, and then I don't even get notified. I don't usually do that because, you know, emails aren't that pressing for me. I just ignore yeah. them on off hours, but... But I could, I could just turn it off and then I don't get any of the notifications, right? So that's how I do it. And it's worked well since last October uh, because I was worried about the same thing. Work from home, it's really easy when five o'clock hits, you just keep on working. Um, but it's the routine oh, I've got I'm, into. At 4.58, 4 I'm shutting friggin' my IRC window. You right. kidding me? I'm like looking at the clock like, okay, bam. Yeah, but- But, so, but I'm usually the guy making dinner too. When so. I was- when I was a sysadmin, it would have been really easy to just say, oh, five o'clock's here. Uh, I'm really working on this this hard problem right now. 15 more minutes and I'll be done. 20 more minutes and I'll be done. <laughs> 25 more minutes and I'll be done. And then before you know it, the kids are knocking Wait, on the door telling me dinner's ready. Yeah, right. And it's, it's 6.30. Like, oh, crap. I just wasted an hour and a half of my personal time on work. And they're not going to give it back to me. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I don't know if we really answered the question. I think it's a so solid. Much. I think it's a solid maybe, and it depends on, think, on who I you think, are. Yeah, <laughs> I think people really need to step back and 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 say, you know, I, I like the way. I mean, Josh answered it for us brilliantly at the very beginning of the chat. It's part of it's part of your of who you are as a whole person, mm -hmm. but taking care of the whole person and that. What the hell this has to do with the Iron Sys admin? Well, I was the guy who was never off call mm -hmm. for a good chunk of my time at Merck because I was one of the senior Linux guys. Yep. And to Jason's point about, you know, he's the guy. Well, they knew that if somebody else couldn't figure it out, friggin' page Mark. Yeah. And I've been there. I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. The, 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 my phone or my pager might go off literally at any moment because I had genuine stuff trashed, like real life things trashed. And I was not in a position where I could say, no, I'm not answering that. Right. Because the culture, the culture at Merck at the time, that would have been very career limiting. And that's, that's how it was at that web post you know? that I was at. If I wouldn't, even if I was not on call that week, if the boss called me on my work phone and it rang, right? Like that is, I didn't have it turned off and tucked away somewhere, which is what I always did when I wasn't on call. Um, if I didn't answer, I'd have to answer to him the next day yeah. because he was that kind of guy. And, and he was, was a was, jerk. He was. Yeah, been, been there. He I mean, was a you, jerk. You, you, know, you know some of my past bosses. I was threatened by a previous boss that I had to show up at work the next day, despite my father being in the hospital uh -huh. undergoing heart surgery. Yep. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of the, one of the couple of times that I've maybe 
not been politically correct and told my boss where to go. Hmm. Um, and, I, and I survived it, but you know, it yeah, wasn't Hoboken. That position. It wasn't Hoboken, <laughs> although sending him to Hoboken isn't all that great either, right? Hoboken's actually kind of <laughs> nice nowadays. That's where my son is, Stevens. Hoboken's had a bit of a, re, of a renaissance, if you will. That's good. Yeah. All right, so I think to tie up this this uh, this subject or this topic, uh, Mark, your hypothetical question of the the billionaire thing, I think that's a really great way to tell. You know, not only is your life defining who you are, but are you doing what you want to do? Right. So if you if the answer to your question is I would take this career and throw it in the trash and go weave baskets for the rest of my life. Um, you're doing the wrong thing with your life. Right. <laughs> now, your your answer wasn't, you know, I'll throw away this career. Your answer was simply that you would mold it into the exact thing that you think you would enjoy I the would, most, which is kind of a right. cool thing. Yeah, because I truly... Don't, don't, yeah. And, and if anybody from Red Hat who signs my paycheck and the command line is, you know, is anywhere listening, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I love being Uncle Mark. I love being a Principal Tam. You know, it's, it's a fantastic job. But if money was no object, um, you know, I, I could, I could be okay with, with not doing this job, but I would still probably be involved with, with Linux and open source because it has been a big part of my life. I think it's important. It's good stuff. Yes, Josh, underwater basket weaving. Isn't that like a uh, weird owl reference? Might be. <laughs> All right. So with that, unless either of you have any final thoughts, I think we're going to go ahead and go to a break. And then we'll be back with our general chit-chat and the news. So yeah. stick with us, folks. Give me just a second here to make that transition-y thing happen, and we'll see you in a few minutes. We still have a long way to go to achieve diversity, inclusion, and equality in technology. Our contribution is the Live at Manning Women in Tech online conference, October 13th, starring the women rocking the tech boat. Check the show notes of this show for a link to more information. All right, so next up on our agenda, as always, is our Patreon update. And this time I remembered to grab everybody's names, unlike last episode where I completely forgot to collect the names before the show, and then I had to explain live on the air why I didn't have the names. But you were in the credits still, so, you know, there's that. So, a very big thank you to our 18 patrons at the moment. Uh, Robert, Matt, David... Solemn, I always get that wrong. Solemn, S O L three M N. Erwin, Trooper Ish, Linux Sys six sixty six, Gimpy B, Ryan, Mark with a K, Dementor from PowerShell on Linux, uh, John the Nice Guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy J, Charles, and two two five three two. Still hey, a too. patron. Yep, there you go. I like two. And. Uh, I see Andy O'Mail in in uh, Matrix here is asking how he buys a shirt. 
So I'll go ahead and say it online because it was my next thing anyway, is that you can buy uh, merchandise for Iron Sysadmin Podcast on Teespring. Teespring.com slash stores slash Iron Sysadmin. And I totally did not pay Andy to ask that. So I'm going to tell him right now. You could paste that URL into That's, Matrix so that he can just click on it. That too. is exactly what I'm doing. Because that would be a high, that would be a technology thing to I do. I figured it was a really great way to also work it into the podcast. So there. That was almost marketing. It was almost marketing. I'm not good at that, but I'm proud of you, Nate. That was almost marketing. Almost marketing. So at any rate, back to the Patreon update. We're making almost we're making like, paradise. Yeah. Remember that from Footloose? There it goes. Knocking on heaven's door. There it I goes. think that was from Footloose. It was from one of those '80s movies. There almost paradise. So anyway, <laughs> uh, where Patreon is bringing us about eighty bucks a month, which is great because it covers. I mean, it covered the expense of this mixer. Um, maybe I'll figure out what to invest in next. I also, uh, purchased myself a new mic cause this one's going on the fritz, but like everything in this new world of six to eight weeks delivery, uh, which anybody from the eighties will remember that was commonplace then, then we got unused to it because everything was freaking instant and now we're back to it. Uh, Almost anyway. paradise blast on, on the radio and six to eight weeks delivery. Yes, exactly. See how we Almost how we roped all paradise. that in. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a new mic here, and then um, I suppose if uh, I mean Mark, you have a decent mic on your headset there. But if I you have people tell me it sounds good. If you have any interest in like a cool podcaster mic, maybe we can work on getting you one. I, I'd rather we spend the money on other things. I I'm totally cool with cool. this headset. Cool. So um, other things could be things like uh, we're currently borrowing a Zoom Pro account. I may start making that more official. Uh, Restream, which we use to, to do the, uh, the show, to actually stream the show. Uh, we're using a free version of Restream, you know, their free tier, which only allows three, um, three destinations and a, and a small child. Hi, small child. <laughs> <laughs> No boundaries. Anyway, which None. only which only allows three destinations, and one of them is not Facebook pages, right? So I have to stream to YouTube and Twitch, which is fine; those are the normal outlets. But my personal Facebook account. So if any of you is a friend with a friend of mine on Facebook, you can watch this live on Facebook. If you're following the Iron Sysadmin uh, Facebook page, you don't see this. But if we start paying for restream. Uh, then I can do that to the Facebook page and other destinations if we ever decide to expand further. So, so is Restream a subscription? It can be. You can pay, I think it's like 15 or 19 bucks a month for their lowest tier, mm -hmm. uh, which allows us to do the Facebook pages and I think up to 10 destinations and a custom RTMP if we needed to, that kind of stuff. Um, we don't have any need for most of that, but the ability to stream to a Facebook page would be really nice. Hmm. And Josh is pointing out his favorite webcasting, his favorite web platform, Jitsi Pro. Yep, yep. So uh, we discovered, or I discovered, I should say, that... Um... <laughs> is Harper hanging around in there this still? This is fun. No, no, the other, the other one. <laughs> okay, she came to get the charger for her phone. This is the downside to making the kids bring their devices into my office to you know, plug them in at night you so could that they put, don't stay up all night on their on their devices, is that their chargers are in here. 
You could put like a sliding bolt lock on that door, maybe. Well, I mean, the door does lock. Oh. I just don't oh, usually oh, lock okay. it because they have to learn to respect when the door is closed. <laughs> hey, Nate. They don't. Love you, man. I get but it. they don't. I get it. They totally don't respect that door at all. I could put like a electroshock thing on the knob. Yeah. That would teach them quick, just like dogs. It might. You'd probably get in trouble, though. Probably. Your wife would probably start yelling at you. Probably. Especially the first time she got zapped by it. <laughs> so anyway, the thing I was talking about with Zoom is that while I don't necessarily love Zoom as a platform, they have this feature that will record each of us on the Zoom stream or the Zoom call as a separate audio. Uh, and then I can take that and mix it together later uh, to make a higher quality show for you guys. So if Jitsi ever starts supporting that, which I did find there was work making that happen, but I don't know how far it got. Just come Hack the source. Yeah, I could totally make that a project of my own, I suppose, even though I'm not a developer, much like Uncle Mark. I already told you I'm a bad programmer, so you don't want me doing that. Yeah, well, I'm also a bad programmer. I could write Decent Pearl, and it kind of ended there. <laughs> Is Decent Pearl really a thing? Well, okay, I could write Functional Pearl. Yeah. And I like Pearl, but yeah. Yeah. Oof. yeah. So at any rate, uh, yeah, Zoom does that. There's a couple other services that will do it, but not in the way that Zoom does. And the way that Zoom does it is perfect for how we do the show. I, I think you, I think, you know, it's fine, dude. It is fine. Josh will just have to I think it's cry. Fine. I mean, there's, yeah. there's other like ideological reasons to not like Zoom, but uh, whatever. It does work and it gets the job done. Much like I don't like Windows, and yet I'm doing the show from a Windows machine. So, you know. <laughs> hey, Windows runs, Windows runs my games. Yeah. That's why I have it. And, and the podcast. Yeah. So anyway, I've rambled I'm doing, enough I'm about I'm doing the podcast on Fedora, so whatever. Yeah, I've rambled enough about money and, and Patreon. Um, Jason, I see you have an announcement in here about B-Sides. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this last time, uh, B-Sides Delaware... Uh, we're going to do an online conference uh, this year. We're going to do. Looks like we're we've finally finalized, ish, uh, that we're going to do an unconference, which is a little bit different. Um, so it's kind of a. We're, we're still working out details, but it looks like we'll send out a CFP so that people can sign up to talk, but that we'll be taking talks day of as well, um, and we'll probably be doing it all on Discord. Um, so that's the 13th and 14th of November and I guess stay tuned and we'll have more details. I mean, discord worked for DEF CON, so it should work for B sides, right? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out discord's like got all these insane things you can do with it. So it does uh, except yeah. several profiles. That is the hill I'm going to die on. I'm going to say, is it okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this before. I'm not going to belabor the point, but it does bother me. Well, everybody else supports several profiles. I don't know. Does Matrix? Maybe, maybe Matrix doesn't either, so I have to be mad at them. There you go. It's based on email address, I think, right? What? No. Well, so is Slack, right? And so is a lot of things, right? That's your identifier. But what right. what Slack also lets you do, I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying Slack is better than Discord. I'm just saying that the way they handle multiple... Uh, oh, he's complaining about Discord again. Multiple channels. I was half paying attention. Is that yeah. you can you can join several channels within your client with different logins, right? Discord, no, can't do that. 
you can have a unique nickname per Discord channel if that's nicknames. what you're concerned you can about. Have nicknames per channel, which is what people see you as in the but channel. Not, it's not the whole profile though, which bothers me. I we know yeah. I know. Well, I said I wasn't going to belabor it, but you know, you're belaboring. Jason poked, so I. It's going to give you a third kid if you keep belaboring the Discord thing with the profiles, man. That's terrible, Mark. All right, so <laughs> moving on to reviews. We don't have any reviews officially, but there are two things I wanted to bring up. One is that while I was looking for reviews, I came across. Does anybody remember what's up, Gold? No. A, yeah. It was a piece of monitoring software, right? Or probably still is. I don't know. From forever ago? Yeah. From forever I think ago. it's still a thing, but yeah, from forever ago. Well, they still have a website. And one of the things that they shared. So I guess it's up. Is like a. Well, I didn't look at anything other than this link. So maybe they're completely defunct and someone stole their domain name. I don't know. Um, but. Oh, here's software. Let's see. Yeah, they have WhatsApp Gold, application monitoring, bandwidth monitoring, cloud. They, 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 they're still a monitoring company, folks. Uh, anyway, but what they also have is a blog, and they shared a thing, nine sysadmin podcasts you should be listening to. Right? We're number two on their list. I mean, they don't have it numbered exactly, but we're the second one listed on their list. We're going to take that as we're the second best. We're the yes. second best. We're we're right after admin admin podcast. We're number two. Exactly. We're the first losers. Or uh, second first best. place losers, right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, if, I mean, we've, Iron Sysamin and Admin Admin Podcast have something of a, of a rapport, at least. Um, so I don't mind being behind them. They're, they're cool guys. Do uh, we have enough of a rapport where we can poison their drinks? I mean, oh, okay. No, congratulations. It would be admin, really admin. difficult to do that because okay. they're based in the EU somewhere. I don't know exactly where okay. they record from, but they're in Europe. Uh, but anyway, uh, it says since, since 2016, the good folks at Iron, good folks, <laughs> At Iron Sysadmin have kept up this, get this, weekly-ish podcast. Weekly-ish? <laughs> well, it happens on a weekday, so yeah, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Covering the latest industry news, ideas, and strategies, along with a healthy dose of Sysadmin chatter. Although our tagline has been a healthy dose of paranoia since episode one. I don't know how I, why they couldn't get that right. Chatter, paranoia, <laughs> same thing. Always uh, in, a critic. In the Iron Sysadmin, you'll find a strong focus on the practical needs of sysadmins and uh, dedication to solving real world problems, real world problem, not word problems like you get in, in, in elementary school, but world problems. Uh, this is a great listen for the drive home, which is probably a nod to how long our shows are. <laughs> yeah. Big commute. Yeah, if you have a long commute. Because <laughs> we got another, if we, we were talking before the, the podcast about, oh, maybe we can do 90 minutes tonight. We yeah, have we'll 20 see. minutes yeah. to make this a 90 minute podcast. I don't uh, think it's going to happen. You're probably right. I probably. <laughs> we're going to try though. We'll go really but quick. But the feedback everything. has been people like the length. Yeah, so. I know. I, f I feel like we could have more listeners if we weren't so long. I don't know. You, you ever look through a podcast listing? You're like, two hours? I can't commit two hours. I'm not going to listen to that show. Whereas uh, listeners who have already dedicated that time know the quality they're getting out of that two hours. But new yeah. listeners might not. Well, what's our what's our average downloads lately? Are we still like in the 700 range? Um, they sort of fluctuate, depends on who we have and what the topic is, but they're between like six and seven, six and eight maybe per show. So we're not flattening the curve. It's staying pretty much where it is. So that's good. Yeah. Well, no, I, I would I would say that by definition we've flattened the curve a long time ago. Our downloads have not gone well, up or down significantly. 
Okay. Well, so we're in a steady state. We're, we're in a in steady, steady state, state which yeah. is a very sysadmin place to want to be. That is good. That is good. Um, All right. And the other thing I have that is review-like came from Twitter. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's Rug, Ruger... Ruger... Ruger Evpov. Yeah. So uh, it's from Twitter. <laughs> he says, uh, and this must be in response to the uh, the review that we read last time we recorded... I like Uncle Mark. Uh, Yay! He, I like his jokes. I Yay. like it very much when he sings. There he goes. I mean, there he goes, validating my nonsense. He, he kind of right. lost Thank me. It, he likes very much when you sing, right. but whatever. Uh, we're all different. So even if someone, even if someone get annoyed by you, probably gets annoyed by you. I, I still like you, Uncle Mark. Thanks for the great see, show, guys. Those are those are words of wisdom we all learned in kindergarten. We're all different. Yeah. So thank you for embracing the difference. And if you don't have something nice, nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mm, that's okay. But we do love your feet. We love feedback. We, we love the love, good. We love we the do bad. Love feedback. Yes. You take the good. You take the bad. The facts of life. The facts of life. Man, I don't even know that one. I mean, I know what it's the an facts old of TV life is. series. I know that. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know the jingle or the intro music. I, I and I well. I clearly forgot some of the words there because I <laughs> is there an Totally. And that covers announcements and reviews. Yeah. Uh So this is where we just talk about the general banter of whatever we have going on in life. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you got, Uncle Mark? I see you got some stuff in here. I got a couple of things going on. So um, a couple of months back, one of the solution architects at Red Hat poked me uh, because I have a I have a C groups presentation that's gone through a couple of iterations. C groups are violation. What's that? Isn't that an HR violation? Did he Can't tap you? Other people at work. You? Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, no, it was a metaphorical poke. It, oh, okay. it was not the bad kind of poke. It's like a Facebook right. poke. It was consensual. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so. So anyway, so so control groups, uh, C groups for short, are a performance thing, and I've done a lot of blogging about them, and I and I've done presentations on them. And he had asked if I had a lab that went along with it. I'm like, I don't, but that would be kind of cool to do. Uh, maybe, and he's like, Well, can you deliver this to my solution architects in Tomorrow. September? I'm like, Sure. And this was earlier in the summer, and and I realized that I hadn't really done anything, so I poked him the other day and I'm like, Hey, do you still want this to happen? And then I, I suggested I it was to done. <laughs> no, well, no, because I know me. Yeah. I, I do my best work when I have an actual deadline. So we actually set a date for me to deliver this towards the end of October. So I'm actually putting the, I'm actually starting to put it together now. And when I, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, this actually is not the kind of thing that is, I mean, it's, it's sort of Red Hat specific, but it's not any NDA stuff. It's the kind of thing that, that nerds might actually get a kick out of. So I was thinking, would this be the kind of thing that people might like to attend as a public thing? And that gets me to thinking with this world of virtual events and everything, uh, would we, as the, like with the Iron Sys admin, especially if we have our own Zoom account, which you were talking about, would this be the kind of thing that we would consider like hosting, if you will, like running this as like not a podcast, but as like 
an event for for our listeners and and for people who might want to say it. And so those were just some thoughts I was having. You know what? I mean, if people are interested, uh, if they want to see a lab or demo or whatever of C groups, um, we talked about having a show where we talked about your your uh, world domination with C groups uh, articles that you've written, and we just haven't gotten around to doing that yet, have we? I don't think we did. No, and but that kind of and and it's so it's not just about the stuff I do. Uh, it would be, it would essentially be, do we want to kind of maybe do not since we've been talking about some, you know, eighties TV series, uh, you know, maybe it's like a little bit of a spinoff because wasn't the facts of life, a spinoff from, uh, Oh, I'm pretty sure it was a spinoff of, uh, Oh God, my wife would know this and she's upstairs. Never mind. No, but, <laughs> but doing some sort of workshop or event or something like Josh is asking in chat, you know, instead of an iron system in podcast, it would be, it would, it would be off of this regular schedule. And it would be the kind of thing where, Hey, if you can, like, I know for the essays, I, they, everybody needs a, 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 a rel VM that has certain parameters, but if people wanted to like do the, the lab stuff along with me, it's meant to be like a guided lab, but there's no reason that hundreds of iron sysadmin fans couldn't be working along, you know, working on this together. I was just a thought, you know, tens of fans, I don't know. Tens of fans. Like, (laughs) no, so I am, I'm curious, right? So if you're building a rel system to do the demos on, could we have a distributable CentOS version of the same thing that people could use? We probably could, or they could use the RHEL developer license if yeah, they want to use actual RHEL. That requires people signing up for the developer. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. It is a great I thing, just, and it's a cool yes, tool. Yes, you could but... use CentOS 8. You could yeah. do that. But I think it goes beyond just one event that I would do. Is this the kind of thing we'd want to start doing with other, like, tech things? I don't know. It was, it was a thought. So, But that's what I'm working on. Cool. So, assuming I finish it, we'll see how it goes, and then we'll take it from there, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe that could be a a cool winter thing. While not only are we stuck inside, but we're cold and don't want to go outside. Yeah. (laughs) I am way too flippin' excited about Star Wars Squadrons, which comes out on October 2nd. Star Wars Squadrons is a space combat game. Um you get it ha- it happens right after return of the jedi and you can fly tie fighters or x-wings you can fly for the rebels or the imperials and the killer part for me is that it's fully vr compatible right out of the box that's awesome that so, is the thing i wish i had when i was playing 90s you know uh, flight sim games because that was one of my the first things i got into was flight sims because i just i i've always been fascinated by flight um, i don't like flying yeah. which is weird but <laughs> because when you fly when you fly as a passenger your cargo when you fly yeah right good point on an airplane you're not the guy it, you're not in you're not even like in the cockpit or doing anything you're just you're a piece of cargo seeing anything cool except the back of the no, seat in front of you and tiny, that little tiny, tiny little window, window yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully this isn't one of those games where like have i learned nothing about hype versus reality you know right like, if right. it's terrible, you know, so if, I, if you buy the game and get the slightest bit of enjoyment out of it, then it doesn't matter. You weren't yeah. duped. You still bought a thing. You enjoyed it at least a little and you're good to go. As but, long as this is in colonial Marines, you'll be fine. Oh, I hear that one was a stinker. Oh, you have no idea. If you haven't played that, I have not. 
that was probably one of the most disappointing games I've ever played in my life. Dude, I bought, I pre-ordered Fallout 76. I also pre-ordered No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky, by the way, is has done such an amazing job turning itself around. They had another major co- release yesterday. And oh, Sandworms are in the game now. They yeah, did this, I, you, yeah. I only amazing. played that for the first time over the summer. So I, I missed out on all the craziness. I got Fallout 76 when it came out, and I was disappointed, but at least I had some fun in it. Colonial Marines was... Yeah. What was so bad about Colonial Marines? Well, That's Aliens franchise, right? Yeah, so if you you watched all of the videos that were tagged as in-game footage, right? This engine, the engine that they're using, supposedly create... The game that they show you in all of the trailers that are that again is supposed to be in-game footage, is, um, let's see, think, uh, think modern-day movies versus like late seventies, early eighties. Mm, I yes. mean, the, it was yeah, and and the gameplay is just not, not fun. It's just not fun. I tried very hard to play it, but it was just I very quickly lost interest. That's a shame. The best thing about that game was getting the uh, the loader. Um, I got a I got the get away from super, her, you bitch! I was super yeah. excited to get it, so I got like the collector's edition. So I got like yeah. the big loader um, as a statue. That is yeah. cool as hell. The game sucked. Yeah, is the good statue, statue enough? Bad game. Is the statue enough to make it worth it? Probably not. But is it a sixty dollars statue? Yeah, basically. Uh. I mean, because I paid money for things that just sit there. Hey, I bought I bought Duke Nukem Forever, and I got more enjoyment out of that. So, <laughs> which took oof. forever? That was a valid valid name. Wasn't it like that, ten or fifteen years in development or something? Yeah, Again, scrapped just, and restarted three times. Yep, <laughs> bought. Yep. And <laughs> well, so the the fun part about Duke Nukem Forever is yes, it is not up to today's standards four games or, or to the standards that games were when it launched when that came out. However, if you play it and you were a big fan of the Duke Nukem games, mm-hmm. the, the graphics were better than the original Duke Nukem games. Uh, the game, God, I would hope so. Yeah, I know the originals were hard, like eight bit. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the gameplay and how hard it was kind of matched what the original Duke games were. So, you know, Oh yeah. Duke it was, 3d it was, it was a simple game. Duke 3D, I I couldn't play without cheat codes. I'm just not that good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was so, it was such a fun ride with the cheat codes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the track record for the Star Wars game seems to be a little bit better. So maybe you'll luck out. And yeah. and the reality is 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 six. You know, I saw Star Wars in the theater when I was in sixth grade. Ever since that time, like the fact that I, it'll feel like I'm flying an X-wing. Like, I'm in it. Like, the arcade games have always been awesome. You know, X-Wing and TIE Fighter on the PC were great. But putting the friggin' headset on and just being in the craft, I'm so looking forward to that. Yes. I mean, I'm the guy who got super pumped at Hollywood when when we did the uh, Smuggler's Run, and I got to make the Falcon jump into hyperspace. That was awesome. That ride was right awesome. Wing, right wing, yeah, right side pilot gets to make it jump into hyperspace. It was so cool, and he gets to do was... it twice. Now we've I think we've actually talked about this before too, but that was that ride makes that whole park. Right. The, the and, whole section of the, the park. Actual metal, it's got the metal, the levers that you push it is, it's awesome. Boom. It's oh, awesome. They so really good. did that ride well. So good. 
They did that ride really well. Uh, never been. You're going to have to. So I mean, good. You've been to Disney. You like Disney, right? You need to go back sometime. I have not been to Disney since I think I was five. Didn't you guys go like no. 10 years ago? No, we went to uh, uh, the other park. Uh, whatever the other one is. The other one, Universal? Universal. Yeah, Universal. Oh. Yeah. We went to okay. Universal several times. Universal is awesome. I thought you went to Disney. No, we haven't, I haven't been to Disney since I was like five. No, I mean, if you are even the slightest Star Wars fan, you must go and check out ha- the Hollywood new... Studios, man. Yeah, it's, just, it's in it's, Hollywood Studios. It's out of control. Smugglers? Smugglers? Edge, smugglers smugglers run. run. No, no, there's there's the name of the section well, of the Galaxy's park. Edge. Galaxy's Edge. That's Galaxy's what it's Edge, yeah. Right, yeah two, it's two like you're years on a... when it's safe to travel again, I'll, I'll think about it. You, yeah, you, I it, mean, yeah, it's spectacular. It's worth it. It's I mean, worth you, catching COVID and dying. You walk, <laughs> <laughs> you walk into that section of the park, and it's like you have stepped into a Star Wars set. It is amazing. They they <laughs> out, they really did outdo themselves. It's amazing. In fact, I've got some yeah, I, videos of it. I'll have to show you. I mean, it is just crazy. It's amazing. And I'll and I'll say the same about the Harry Potter park in 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 Universal. Oh, that I'm was, not saying that's not. In fact, we, oh yeah, we want to. But if, if it's if it's the same level of immersiveness. You know, I, I can understand why it'd be so great. It's amazing. It is flat out amazing. Stormtroopers walking around doing the stormtrooper things, you know, just like talking to the, each other with the, you know, the crazy check ins and whatever that they do in the movies, you know. That means that means the, I can steal things and I'm never going to get shot. Yeah, the same. Right, pretty much. The same voice. Like when the stormtroopers speak, it is filtered through their helmets so that it sounds just like they do in the movies. It's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sounds I ran important. into Ray at the Millennium Falcon. We and, saw and pe- we saw a little girl. I, th- I think I told you this, Mark. We saw a little girl dressed up as Ray, and her dad. It, it, this was like it was getting to be dusk. It was getting dark. Her dad is like crouched down in front of her, doing something with her. Looked like they were I don't know whatever, but they were completely not paying attention to the world around them. And uh, an actor dressed up as Ray comes walking down. The, the the pathway right that, that they're crouched next to and she just comes up next to the little girl and stands and waits right for this little girl to notice her and the girl sees her feet and like it's it's what you see in movies where like like you don't know what's happening until you see the feet and then you look up and this little girl is just in awe that ray stopped to 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 say hi to this little girl <laughs> it was amazing yeah. it was just it- the most amazing thing i saw the whole time i was at that park yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, you got if when you go to Disney, you just got to leave every cynical piece of you at the front gate and just embrace it. Right. All right. So that but that's that's what's going on with me. Uh, what's going on with you, dude? You got this book thing here. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I went back and forth as to whether whether to even bring this up on the show, because we've always avoided religion and politics at ever at all costs. Right. So um, I, see, I see Jason covering his mouth. I, I don't think you're going to be too upset with this one, Jason. <laughs> so, um, again, I don't usually bring this up in mixed company or especially on the show because, I don't know, I feel like it's a polarized topic. And that's kind of the point to what I'm bringing up here. Um, for a very long time, in fact, most of my life, uh, I've been a Christian. Okay, so like I'm not ashamed of that or anything. It's just a thing that I don't feel like certain people understand because Christians get a bad name nowadays because there's a lot of people 
that are really publicized and really out there and really vocal uh, that are just not great Christians. It's the best way I can put it. Um, but that's not the thing that I wanted to talk about on the show tonight. What I wanted to talk about was this book that I heard about actually from uh, my pastor at church called Christians in the Age of Outrage. And for those of you on the stream, you can see me holding it up. Um, I wanted to bring it up because I'm only like, I'm not even a whole chapter into it yet. They're long chapters, so that's not because I read terribly, but, you know, I'm like this far in. Um, the book is, it's written by a guy who's a pastor. Uh, he's, he's writing it to Christians, right? So take that all with a grain of salt. If you're not a Christian, you may not be able to relate to everything the guy's saying. Um, but the book is really like a social, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's about society. It's, it's more about society than it we is about... We live in a society! So, social commentary. Kind of, yeah. I guess you'd say that. It's social commentary. I don't want a negative connotation with that, though, because the reason I'm bringing it up is because the things that this author is saying resonate so well with things I've been saying for years uh, about how polarized society's gotten. And, I mean, he's writing it to Christians saying that participating in a polarized world in the way that many people, including Christians, are participating in the current polarized world isn't a Christian way to look at the world, right? We're supposed to be the people that are helpful and care about people and, you know, don't participate in the outrage, right? And a lot of us are. And I've been guilty of that to some extent, I'm sure. Uh, you know, when I see somebody on social media flouting whatever that I don't agree with, right? It's hard to not, because that's that's just how we all are. But this book really, um, and like I said, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know, I can't tell you what the rest of the book is like, but the little bit that I've read so far, which is like 20, 30 pages in, um, it really resonates with me because he's he's talking about how we've all fallen into this like tribal mentality where if you don't agree with me, you must be wrong. You must be evil. You must be defeated. Right? Like, I have to defeat you. That's my job now. And that's really not the way we should be looking at the world. And we talked about this a bit in our... Uh, our show about Facebook a couple shows back, where, remember how I said Facebook is turning into a cesspool? Well, that's kind of the same thing that he's, he didn't word it the same way. He, And the, the awesome thing is he's backing it all up with studies. And I don't mean Christian studies. I mean like university studies. You know, social media was studied this way. Uh, interactions with people was studied that way. And it's not like, it's, it's, it's all about getting out of that echo chamber, and he's, he writes the book in a way that's not within the Christian echo chamber, which is why I think it's such a great book to be published for Christians, or really anybody, if you want to read more about, you know, the, the way this looks, the way it's maybe shouldn't be, but it is. Um, anyway, it's, it's really resonating with me, and I just wanted to share it, that's all, so... I don't know I'm if either moving. of you have any <laughs> any commentary on that. I know you both uh, have your own viewpoints on uh, <laughs> on religion and society, but uh, there it is. I'll take that as a no. 
<laughs> Mark wants to talk so bad. He does. He does. <laughs> I I do, but I I want to be time sensitive. And there's so many, so many rabbit holes. Like, I mean, I've got my own crazy story, which was I danced in very conservative uh, evangelical circles for 20 years. And over the past year, I've gone back to my original Catholic faith for what I think are really good reasons. But what's... It's always interesting to see the intersection because now this kind of goes along with our original topic. You know, does your job define your life? All of us, regardless of, of how we interact, we all these different facets of our life. And in America, your your faith or lack thereof is one of those defining things. And we make so many prejudgments based on people. He actually, L- sorry, go ahead, finish your like, thought. You know, so so when people hear, I'm a Christian, there's, you know, sometimes it's an immediate, um, oh, those are those really conservative people who who hate it when anybody has fun. And mm-hmm. me saying that I'm Catholic, I'm sure there's a huge amount of baggage for a lot of people when they hear the word Catholic. Some of it good, some of it bad. Um, a lot of tech people are atheists and there's that, there's that stereotype of the edgy atheist. And then of course, as, as we've gotten floods of immigrants from different regions of the world, I had a wonderful discussion with a scout uh, the other week. One of the requirements is talk about various parts of the scout law you've followed. and And one of the ones was specifically asking, you know, duty to God and he's a Hindu. And he, yeah. he, he taught me a couple of things about Hinduism I had no idea about. It was a really cool discussion. You know, being educated by a 15-year-old boy, it really, really cool. Right. <clears throat> um, so I think if, if books like this help people to listen more and be less judgy instantly, I think that's great. This country is about to go through an, a Supreme Court nomination and one of the things that'll be, if it's the person I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of bad faith discussions around the, the nominee's faith. There are a lot of buttons that are going to be pushed. I, and that's I all I'm honestly, going to say about that. I can honestly say I don't understand that. I, mean, I get it. People are going to do that. But the job is not about religion and framing it with religion is ridiculous. She has a track so, record. It's the same. I'm sure it's the same person you're talking about. She has a track Barrett. record. Barrett. Yeah, there is a track record. She has made decisions on all of these things. Religion is absolutely pointless in that. You need to go by her track record. Absolutely. I don't care if she's Catholic, Satanist, Hindu, Buddhist, doesn't matter. She has a track record. That's what you're supposed to be looking at. Yeah. So one of the things that really hit home with me at the very, I think it might have even been in the preface of the book. Uh, this is written by Ed Stetzer, by the way, if anybody's curious. And there's a, there will be a link in the show notes. Um, in the very beginning of the book, he goes into how uh, Christians in general, not any specific uh, you know, sort of faith within Christianity, have or have had sort of a a large influence in politics in this country 
for a very, very long time. And the country was even founded on a lot of uh, sort of Christian beliefs and ideals. But that, that sort of led to this, like, um, the morality and the, the general beliefs of the country as a whole kind of, even if you weren't Christian, you kind of already followed a lot of what Christians believed because it was the way society was, right? And that's changing now, right? And because it's changing now, a lot of Christians feel like that, if you want to call it power or influence that they had, is being taken away, and they're immediately getting defensive over that, right? Wow. So, you know. and If you want to live in a theology, not a theology, if you want to live in a theocracy, there's plenty of other countries right. you can go live in. Right. The United and, States and, is not a theocracy. And like I said, I don't know where the book goes to, so it could go off the deep end by the time I'm to the end. I don't think it's going to because he seems very level-headed and very... Uh, objective yeah. in the way he's writing the book, which is the only reason I brought it up on the show, um, because I don't want to push any of my beliefs on any viewers or listeners, um, you know, in any way that feels like I'm other pushy, than that. Right? Oracle is terrible. Yeah, that I'll push on everybody. Oracle's terrible, and we can talk about that later. That's not religion. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, so anyway, um, my point is, if you have an open mind and you're curious about uh, Ed Stetzer's take on society and uh, maybe how Christians should be acting, even if you're not a Christian, or if you are a Christian, I very highly recommend you read the book uh, because I see a lot of people who think or act or say they're Christian not acting like Christians, and that's bothered me for a long time. And this is finally There's... an author who's brought it uh, out in the open, and he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be pulling any punches so far. He's not, like, writing it to make him look good within the Christian faith. He's just... You know, this is how it is, and this is why it's wrong, and we need to change. So, if you're a student of history, honestly, the tale of how the evangelical right has they started to taste political power in the '80s, and it only got worse from there, is is actually pretty fascinating. Yeah, it it really is. So but, uh, that's that that's a different podcast, and I can recommend many good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about that topic. I just, it's, it's, I think it's a good book. I think people who are not uh, necessarily of any faith or of different faith is, faiths may actually find it to be an interesting read, which is the only reason I brought it up. Maybe. Maybe. So, Jason, you got anything cool going on? New, o, new OS, who dis? Yeah, I was going to talk <laughs> about new. Uh, so I, 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 oh, I, <laughs> I installed a big Sur beta, um, which I'm I'm actually running on now, which is which is pretty cool. Um, so that's different. that's the next release of Mac OS, right? You're not like yeah, some yeah, weird third party so OS on your Mac. I think the biggest, I mean, other than I mean, they've changed. They always changed how it looks, um, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm in love with it yet. I'm not. Are you at least in like with it? I, I'm not opposed to it. It's it's very different. It's a pretty big jump visually from from where Catalina was um the thing i do like uh and and i i don't think mac is the first one ever to do this um the on the networking side <clears throat> so it, linux does this as well um where 
it used to be whenever you installed something new that was hardware or you wanted to get into the networking stuff or deal with security, it was a kernel module. And you had to write this big kernel module and it had root permissions and it did all these things. Um, and then, you know, more recent versions of Linux, uh, more recent, I mean, it's been a while, but um, more recent versions of Linux have brought that into more user space where you can do these things with limits, but you can do a lot of this stuff without ever having to create a full-blown kernel module and, and deal with all of the insanity that comes with that. Um, and Big Sur has uh, uh, done that as well, um, where nice. things like, um, so there, there's there's two big programs that I run, uh, Little Snitch, which is basically uh, like a firewall on steroids, uh, and this other one, which used to be called XFence, which is now part of F-Secure's uh, F-Secure, FS Protection, I think is what it's called. Um, it's still in beta, but um, that's, it's like a, think of a firewall, but for files. Um, so like SE like, Linux. Yeah, I was going to say kind of like an SE Linux. <laughs> um, so those two things. I'm sorry. I, I, I saw the shot. There was no yeah, danger. So no, I no, took no, no. it. I, I completely agree. Like, this is, <laughs> I, you know. I broke a major rule of engagement. Wow. So, so it's I'm SE just... Linux, but, you know, normal people can understand it. Sorry. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Guilty as charged, babe. So much Guilty as charged. It really has. It but has. You're, but you're not wrong. So, Dude, the, um, the NSA wrote it. It's, of course, what do you it's expect? dense. <laughs> so these are, these are now, um, they're no longer kernel modules. They're like hooked in with APIs and everything. And it, it's- I it's like that. Really slick. I, I, I like it. Um, you know, it also removes the, the need to reboot every time there's an update, which is nice. Yeah. Weird. Um, I hate uh, I hate kernel modules. Whenever yeah, it, I have a customer who's yeah. got a system that's 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 kernel panicking, it's because they're they're asshole security people insist that they run yes. this stupid right. this yes. stupid Linux security software yep. third party they don't yep. actually need. I'm looking at you, McAfee. I'm calling you out by name. <laughs> yeah, oh. I agree with that. I have to run that too. Um, so so it's it's nice. Uh, I mean, there's there's drawbacks, of course. You know this this means that. Apple has to be perfect in their implementation because now everything would be susceptible if there's a bug. I but, thought Apple was perfect. Yeah, they are, aren't they? I thought uh, they were. I won't go oh, down. I'm sorry. There we go down the religious <laughs> devotion again. <laughs> religious devotion or not, they're not perfect any more than anybody else is perfect. I, I'm a big Apple fan, have been for years. So so it's, 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 it's neat. Um, and I waited uh, a long time before I put the beta in because I – because specifically because of those utilities, I wanted to make sure they were available. So it wasn't until uh, beta six that everything finally came out. Um, but I've upgraded now and, and I'm pretty happy with it. It's pretty neat. How often do you find yourself cracking open a command window in, uh, in Mac OS? I'm in the command window pretty much 24 seven in Mac OS. Okay. Yeah. I think you're not the average user though. I'm yeah, exactly. I'm not the average user. So it is I mean, nice it, to have I, the option though. I ran Mac OS for quite a while. Um, and it's, I got to say that I did miss uh, some elements of Fedora because that was that's really my desktop of choice. Uh, but Mac OS is pretty darn good. If you if you were to take away any, you know, SSH uh, uh, system administration stuff that I normally do, I probably never crack open a command window. Yeah. Um, right, right. But, you know, it, nature of what I do, that, that's why, I mean... I was a Windows guy for a long time. 
Um, I mean, I beta tested XP. I was I was full Microsoft ecosystem for a while. Um, and then after XP, I just kind of got frustrated with it and moved over to Linux. Um, and I was never a Mac guy. You know, the old OS, the old OS 9 and 8 and all those. Oh, yeah. I the old Mac OS was terrible. I, I hated it. Them. Oh. Yeah, I mean, if you know, I have that that enable system. It was beautiful, but yeah, eh, co-op multitasking. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call co-op it beautiful. multitasking. I, I wouldn't even call it beautiful. But I mean, if you, if you, I wrote the I wrote an article on enable system about this. You know, like I, when I was younger, I I just sort of went to it and it worked, and I was able to use it. But I never enjoyed it. I never really loved it. And then when they announced OS X. And I saw what it was, and I was I was intrigued. I was like, "Wow, that's you know, it's actually got a Unix under it. That's that's wonderful." So when I picked it up around uh, Leopard, I think was the first one I had. Um, I I haven't looked back. It just it does everything I need it to do. It does it very well, um, and I can get you know both sort of both avenues. I have all the stuff that I need from a a windowed operating system, and it works pretty flawlessly. I have no issues. And if I need to switch over to a command line, everything's there that I'm used to. And I, I just kind of like it. And, and you know, I, 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 like I said, I ran Linux for a while and I don't, I definitely don't mind Linux. If, if Mac went away tomorrow, I could jump back to Linux um, with no issues. I just, you know, the, the upgrade cycle is always rough. You know, the new one comes out and you spend two or three days dealing with recompiling things or driver issues or, or retuning um, and then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I, I may have said this when I bought my Lenovo. Um, I don't know if I did it on the show or not, but basically my first choice was to buy a Mac. I was going to get a Mac Pro um, or MacBook Pro, I should say. Uh, but the cost difference was just too much. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't swing. I mean, you're talking easily 50% more for Mac hardware for similar specs uh, to PC hardware of any vendor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I will say I, I've gotten a new Mac. Um, if we, if we accept the one that I got as part of kind of the parting gift of my former company folding, um, it's about once every seven to 10 years. So they last for Yeah. Yeah. So the, the main reason, so when I left the college, uh, they let me keep the MacBook I had because it was due for replacement anyway. And they were just going to, you know, they didn't have to send it back. So they basically said, look, we're going to be recycling it or not recycling it, but going into the recycle, whatever um, that they have for Macs there. And they said, you know, you've been a good employee. You can go ahead and keep it. Uh, and I would still be using it today, except the video stuff that I do for my Jeep channel, I was starting to do 4K. And the old MacBook, even though it was only like four years old, couldn't edit 4K quickly enough. It was all choppy and stuff. So uh, I ended up, I just, I needed a faster machine, a beefier machine. And it was really bothering me that, <laughs> that I was, that it was so, you know, chugging down so much on the 4K video that I decided to buy this Lenovo. And the Lenovo has done well. It's, it's like a year old at this point, and it's still holding out well. Now, I am worried about the longevity because some people say Lenovo's don't last. We'll see. That's not the case. But uh, hopefully, 
uh, maybe maybe by the time it dies, I'm able to go ahead and dive into another MacBook or something because I do like them. I do think they perform well, and I like the OS. So anyway, we've rambled on enough in chat, don't you think? Should we move on into yep. the news? On to news. The news. We can we can play the the sound now. Should I play the push sound the button? Now? We're gonna push the button. I can hear the sound now. That's new. When the girls get coding, join us on your screens October 13th for the Live at Manning Women in Tech Conference to celebrate the rising movement of women in technology. Check the show notes of this show for a link to more information. I just have to say this new mixer is so nice, having this stuff all integrated. It's it's just great, you know. Go mixer. Woo. <laughs> well, what I say about the mixer? Uh wait, is it this button? Yay! There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no kaboom. Uh which button there is that? There should be a kaboom. Is it I might I might get this wrong. That's wrong. Hang on, it'll show me if I push this. Button. Never heard that one before. Yeah, well, they some of them came with the mixer. Oh, I know why. I put it on the second page. There's, there's I can have several pages. Why of would these you have it on the second I put page? It on the Where's second the kaboom? Page. There, you there go. was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Yeah, I mean we have all of our old sounds no. and the organ. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it came with some built-in sounds, which are a little cheesy, but they weren't bad. Our old sounds weren't exactly high quality either, so I kept them. Like, we could do this now. You know? Ooh, Which, it's a magical tale of old. If any of you Mark, have... Put the wand away. If any of you have listened to Smashing Security, now I know hey, where now. they got that sound from, because they use that sound all the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> they must have a Rodecaster Pro. Put or, the wand away, or I'll get that restraining order or, back on or you. Or Rode gets it from wherever they get their sound bites from. So, uh, anyway... But yeah, we oh can my. do that. Okay. Hey, that's perfect for our next article. It is. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with uh, with the sounds now, guys. All right, so our first article comes from Forbes. Microsoft warns that critical Windows Server Perfect 10 exploit attack is underway. Now, why they're calling it a Perfect 10 will make sense in just a moment because it's rated as a 10 on the CVSS Right, see common vulnerability scoring system. Um, I don't know if anybody calls those a perfect ten, or if that's just Forbes trying to equate it to uh, you know girls on Instagram. Uh, but um, anyway, well, <laughs> you see, the mistake you make is that Forbes is not really the magazine. Forbes has become just a shitty blog site. Yeah, so, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Instagram theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the actual, you know, the, the the common name for this is called the zero logon attack, and I guess it Which has sounds to do like an alien warlord. Zero logon will log attack. Um, yes. so I'm zero logon. I will attack. I guess it's a it's a flaw in the net logon service. Uh, if I if I'm understanding this correctly, it goes by yes. CVE twenty twenty fourteen seventy two, and it's basically you can really easily get administrator rights on a Windows system using this vulnerability. It's yeah, as long as you know how to craft packets. But, I mean, it's called zero login because all you do is send a net login packet. 
with all zeros. Oh my gosh. Oops. Nobody figured that out. No one tested that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bounds testing. Who, who thought that was a good thing? So, try that? at any rate, it's already patched. And I didn't look at when it's patched, but Jason, you suggested before the show that it's been patched for like a month. Yeah, so the, the patch came out on August 11th. The first sort of inklings of, net, of, of the zero login attack were about seven to ten days ago, I believe, maybe a little mm-hmm. longer. I swear I've been hearing about this for a while, but um, yeah, it's it's sort of been out there for a while, um, and it took them a month before somebody went, wait, that could be weaponized, which probably means it was weaponized long before the patch came out. Yeah, 4chan had that sucker weaponized really quick, I'm betting. <laughs> 4chan, perfect 10, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think it's 4chan. Yeah, I think it's been weaponized for a while. Um, so yeah, it is patched. Uh, this article is dated, hang on. I, I saw this before. It's actually dated from the 24th. So why this is Today. such late? I don't know why this is such late news, but, um, yeah, it is patched. Go patch your windows boxes, folks. If you've got windows boxes and by the way, put them behind a damn firewall. There's no reason that this should be <laughs> yeah, globally ex- that this should be globally uh, um, uh, exploitable is the word we're looking for. You should be behind a damn firewall. People shouldn't be able to hit your damn net log on service. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the big thing about this is that if if it, for the most part it's a you know somebody who already has a foothold on your yeah. network somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it is such an easy attack that insider attacks become uh, a real issue. Yeah, so Josh is in chat saying that, do you pronounce this CISA or is it just CISA? Anyway, it's part of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, They sent an alert to have federal systems patched ASAP, which is what this article starts with, which I'm sorry, I glossed over, folks. Uh, But anyway, that that happened on September 21st. So that could be why Forbes picked up on this all of a sudden. Right, right. So yeah, it was the, the earliest one that I saw article-wise, and I didn't dig very deep, but the earliest one was like the 16th of September. So yeah, patch your systems, folks. Patch your Windows boxes, especially if they're domain controllers, because that'd be bad. Yeah, just bad. turn on auto-updates already. Yeah, I know they're servers. Okay, fine. Turn it on anyway. But they're Windows just servers. Come on. Shut them off. They're very secure when they're off. They are. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. I mean, unless they have an IPMI device or that little grain of rice computer oh. that all the Super Micros supposedly came with. <laughs> they're not even secure when they're off. That, was, that, that grain of rice story was so thoroughly debunked. I know. Um, I know. I remember going to DerbyCon. It's like, there's a what? I'm driving 12 hours. Same and, technology and, and to, uh, are, for Bill Gates' microchip. Jason, you and, COVID you and vaccine whoever microchip. there were like with me in the car and, and you're like, wait, there's a grain of rice sub- computer built into Super Micro servers from a supply chain attack and I'm driving like, what? That's not possible. Guess what? <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, Bloomberg, you know, the source of awesome tech yeah. news. It's yeah. always trustable. All right. 
This one should be a quick one. Uh, this comes from TechCrunch. Google Maps gets a COVID-19 layer. So you're familiar with layers on Google Maps uh, where you can- Ogres overlay. have layers. Ogres have layers uh, where you can put down traffic or, you know, uh, parfaits. Um, but- Because everybody loves parfait. Everybody loves parfait. How about Where's cake? Where's my parfait? How about cake? <laughs> Ogres <laughs> are not like cake. <laughs> <laughs> There's now a layer oh, you can I'm overlay. So, I'm going to get another bad review. This <laughs> There's is terrible. There's now a layer you can overlay on top of Google Maps that'll show you. That'll show you. Yeah, right. Because we've quoted too much of Shrek. <laughs> right. <laughs> DCMA. DCMA. What? What? Takedown. What, what happened? So this will overlay by. Um, what? There is a Shrek con. I, I can believe that. I. I can believe it too. An article I saw the other day about how them having how they had to go online this year. I just there's thought a, it was. I can believe there, it. Too. There's a couple of things. I have you know, recent teenagers, my kids. The things that kids obsess over nowadays is insane. They're Shrek. They're for some reason Danny DeVito is like some is like a godlike symbol to 17 to 23 year olds. I pictured <laughs> Danny I pictured, DeVito. Whenever I picture Danny DeVito, all I can picture is his role from Batman Two. Yeah. Dressed up as the I mean, I do like the meme where he's standing there with two guns. So then I started blasting. Because, you know, you can use that in a lot of good places. But for some reason, Danny DeVito is just like some, is like a, like, tween, young adult hero nowadays. I don't, I don't get it. Can I uh, finish the article? Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, God, I'm going to give us another bad review because I keep interrupting. Shit. Uh, there is now an there is now an overlay for Google Maps that will give you, I guess, an estimation of the um, the the COVID nineteen status of an area that you're going into, and that's basically based on the number of cases, whether that number is going up or down, you know, trending up or down, uh, and it's sourced from the evil contact tracing library that yeah, is right. now on all devices. No, no, uh, Google comes from a number of sources, including John Hopkins, which makes sense, and. The New York Times. Why is the New York Times a source for this data? Did I miss something? Because because the New York Times has become a massive, massively awesome place for data, um, just data in general. Oh, the okay. Of, the amount of data-driven stuff they're doing is actually pretty cool. Okay, then I, 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 I take that back. I didn't know that was a thing. I just want to know if I can plot my trip on Google Maps, turn this overlay on, and have it avoid... You know, yeah, just like the area the old, that has a a COVID of over a certain amount. Just like you remember, Much like you can avoid tolls. You, well, you remember um, avoid cooties. You remember MapQuest used to be able to have that checkbox that said avoid tolls. Google Maps doesn't yeah. seem to let me do that. Google, in fact, tries to seem to send me toward tolls, especially Google Easy Pass. Does, does it? I I've never seen it. I swear Google does that. Yeah, I think Apple Maps does it. That it used to. Used to. I, I know it used to. I haven't used anyway, Google Maps forever. But. but you're right. Can can you plot your course based on uh, avoiding COVID? I don't know. That'd be cool. <laughs> Although, aren't we supposed to not be traveling? So shouldn't this not be a thing we need to worry about? Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, there's now. I I checked on my phone. And I checked on Google Maps online, and it's not there yet. Um, so I don't know. They say it's rolling out this week, so I guess we can expect to see it soon. Anyone who Groovy. uses Google Maps. Google Maps. Hmm. I use Google Maps. I, I don't even know that I've ever tried layers on my Google So Maps. Google Maps will show you when it plots routes to something. It'll show you if the route doesn't have tolls, you can, if there's multiple yeah, routes. But it Sometimes you just can't avoid it. It doesn't let you 
Yeah, it doesn't let you say yeah, don't it let, use tolls. No, instead what it does is it gives you a chance to look at it and make an informed decision of yeah. is it worth okay, it'll take me an hour and 47 minutes without tolls on Route 80 or an hour and 30 minutes with tolls right. on 78. Well, I'd rather go on 78 than 80. Ugh. And it's like less 80, time huh? with tolls. No, no, okay. I don't like 80. So anyway, yeah, that's, um, you know, a new thing on Google Maps. That's cool. I like it. All right, so I almost hesitated to uh, include this article tonight. What? Uh, mine, then let's mine not right talk about it because you're running long. Mine right there. Avoid highways, avoid tolls, avoid ferries. These are check check things that I can put in on my Google Maps. Oh, so that's like settings within Google Maps, not... Um, yeah. Okay. There's then I stand settings. corrected. With, um, I knew it was there. With Maprika, it was per... Or not, yeah, with Maprika. With MapQuest, it was per trip. You just check a box. Yeah, this no is per trip too. Check. It's just hidden behind the three little dots. Oh, it's hidden. Okay. Um, See, so, yeah, I think we will skip that article because yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't read enough. enough, and to be honest, I, I don't, I don't want to no. go down that that rabbit hole. Um, maybe we'll Google leave it in the show notes for anyone up. who wants okay, to find out on. what we missed. Uh, yeah. So the next one, I'll admit I didn't read this, but Jason, it sounded like you were speed reading it before <laughs> we. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So, so listen this one... on show night, I have a lot of crap to do. One of them is reading news. The other is actually making all this crap magic work. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, this article comes from Fierce, are you proud of me? Fierce Wireless. Yes, it only took four years to get you to to read the source. (laughs) Verizon and AWS bring mobile edge compute to three more cities by Linda Hardesty. Oh, you you included the person. I should probably start doing that. It's from two days ago. Um, So my first question when I saw this was like, the hell is mobile edge compute? And what's 5G Uh, got to do with it? Oh, whatever. It's it's the latest buzzword. It's the buzzword five G. Um, honestly, I don't know what five edge or five G has to do with it at all. Five G spreads COVID. If I'm reading this correctly, um, mobile edge computing is basically a fancy way of saying caching layer or CDN. So it it's it's moving the content to the edge so that it doesn't have to travel over the network. And therefore, it's faster. Oh, it's so, a it's kind of a buzzword. Yeah, so, so it uses everything... something called it uses something called AWS Wavelength, which I had not heard of. It that sounds like, um, I, I mean, I would go with like a DWDM thing, but I, I doubt it's that. Um, it is a service that enables you to deliver ultra low latency applications for five G devices. Oh, right on the nose. Um, but it, it's, it basically looks like a caching layer. So, you know, you request content, it caches at the edge and. Or it runs the app on the edge, right? Uh, the idea is to get the app as close to the device as possible. As opposed I, to being back in a data center somewhere. Yeah. You say that, except it's talking about game streaming. Uh, you say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, like, I no, just tell you, my understanding like, of Edge, based on talking to our friggin' CTO who lives that stuff, right? But it, but it seems like everything that they're talking about is like video content, and you know that's just caching. So, right? Maybe there's some sort of app running there. I don't know. It, it's it's like just a next gen caching layer, basically. Code name Picard. Next gen. Next gen. Yes. 
Speaking of next gen. Speaking of next gen. Oh, we're going to move into the next uh, article. I that was a good transition. Yeah. Maybe. So I, I found this and this is just my brain, the way it works. I found this really ironic. Um, nine to five Mac is talking about Microsoft on iPhone. Yes. So, you know, Microsoft. And uh, I think it was mentioned of Android as well, wasn't there? No, never mind. Anyway, I think um, you probably also read this one. But it's uh, 9 to 5 Mac, set, and it's from September 23rd. Should I read the author? Ben Lovejoy. <laughs> Microsoft uh, hints that you'll soon be able to stream Xbox games to iPhone. Um, yeah, so remember that service Stadia we kept talking about because I had gotten into the, the, the pre-release or whatever, or the release, and I pre-ordered it. It was pretty cool and stuff. Uh, this looks like that for Xbox. Do you regret it yet? I don't really regret it. I did cancel my Stadia Pro subscription because I was not really using it as much. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still fun to just sit down and play games on it, so, you know, whatever. It still works. Um, so this is basically, uh, we, we talked way back then, and that's why I included this, uh, about how there are other game streaming services that are coming and Xbox, I think, or Microsoft had one planned that Jason, yeah. you might've touched on when we talked about Yeah, this. they've had a plan for a while. So, I mean, do you want to elaborate on this some more? Cause you're, you're closer to the so, Xbox world than I am. Right. So the, the, the big key to this one is that Apple, Apple's, uh, rules for apps on the iPhone and iPad um, precluded being able to do anything like this previously um, and and still sort of do. So the big news a couple, I guess about a week ago, maybe a little longer, um, was that Apple updated their store rules to say that they were going to allow this, um, but that you had to have a specific app for each game that would be streamed, um, which which I thought was foolish. And Microsoft was like, are you insane? That's ridiculous. Um, what I found really cool and really interesting about this article is that Microsoft is planning on doing this by uh, loopholing their way through. Because uh, as it turns out, um, remote desktop apps are perfectly reasonable under the guise of the iOS store. Uh, and this is this is doing nothing more than remote desktoping your Xbox. That's right, guys? Awesome. Right? That's right? awesome. So that's apparently what they're planning, according to the article anyway. Um, I don't know. I'll be interesting to see it. Um, I'm still not, I don't know. I'm not so, it's, I don't know. It's neat, but I'm still not sold on, on, playing my xbox games on a phone yeah i mean no to me it feels like playing my pc games on an xbox and then taking it to like even a worse level so the concept i'm behind right the the whole the yes. concept of having a device in my pocket that can do anything i can do while sitting here at my desk or anything i can do on my console or whatever i think that's really cool that'd be a cool state to get to and that's what i that's part of the reason i was so interested in stadia i thought it was really neat to disconnect the gaming hardware from the game, right? So now I don't have to buy the big, you know, gaming system that I then have to upgrade every so many years to stay current and whatever. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, right? So certainly that's a, that's a perfectly fine model and it gives you certain freedoms that you don't get with a streaming service. But I thought it was neat, right? So, um, but yeah, you're right. If, if you want to sit down and play a game 
get the full immersive experience, you need a big TV, you need surround sound, you need, or like good headphones or whatever. And you don't get that on a little phone screen, no matter how big your phone is. But even if no. you don't go immersive and you just say you just kind of want to pull the game out and play it, like I, I don't know that I could imagine playing like, you know, um, well, damn near anything. Like, could you imagine trying to play Halo on your phone? Yeah, um, I'll say that I have not played a single minute of any Stadia games on my phone. Even though that's a perfectly normal thing to do with Stadia. That's one of the big things they were touting. Right. Um, you can't see. Exactly. It's so tiny. I see no reason to do it. I could probably see it because it's so much closer to me. And, you know, my eyes are better than than Mark's, maybe. <laughs> but Maybe, uh, but still. But, yeah, it's so tiny. I don't see a reason. Like, they're really high-definition screens, especially that tiny. So it might look awesome, but still, but it's, part but part it's of part of part of gaming is like like the spectacular views you get, like when you yeah. like I don't know, like when you the first time I played Breath of the Wild with the Switch docked on the TV, yeah, and and Link clear is one of you know it, there's just some spectacular moments in there mm-hmm. that are just not, they're not awe-inspiring on a phone. It's like the idiot who's at the fireworks, and he's not looking at the fireworks. He's recording the fireworks on his phone. Looking at his What's phone. What's he going to go? He's going to look at the fireworks later on the phone? Like, yep. that sucks. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, so Josh mentioned, like, Skyrim. I guess I guess if there's a slower-paced game, you could probably play it on the phone, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know, oh, yeah, this. mobile gaming has a... Has a very definite yeah. niche, right? That's called Blades. Right, but it's it's like you need... It's in the Skyrim universe. Blades, okay. Blades. But, yeah, but it's like a, it's a mobile game. They're Exactly, they're slower-paced games. They're games that you can like sit down and think with. Twitch games don't work on a touchscreen, right. in my opinion. At least but not no, for older folks is... like us, maybe. My kids can sit down and play Roblox on their tablets, and I'm amazed at the control they have over <laughs> their little characters because they're so good at it because it's all they've ever known. The, the reverse is true too. So one of the one of the other things that is sort of I haven't really messed with this much, but one of the other things that's, that's in Big Sur that's that's happening is that iOS games that you can play on your phone will work in macOS. I don't know if it's all of them or just a subset or whatever. Some of them, sure. Like there's some neat solitaire games that might be good, but like the 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 tap games that you play on your phone, like I can't imagine sitting at my computer with a mouse and a keyboard trying to play those games. You could do it. I'm sure it's, you know, going to work okay, but it just, it's a different experience. It's not built for that machine. And then I think that's, yeah. that's yeah, where I sort of get the disconnect. It's using not built a, for you're using. using a mouse or a, or a controller to play a game that was designed for touch is going to be like playing a game that was designed for a mouse or a controller on a touchscreen. Right. So, so the plat- right. yeah. So the platform's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's now, really part of the aspect of game design. Now is... in the in the images they're showing here, and I don't know if this is I mean, they said this is like speculation, a speculation article from what I could tell. Uh they're showing an Xbox controller plugged into this thing that holds your phone up, right? So you're still gonna have the controls of an Xbox controller in their thing here, right? And if that's the way they do it, that's the way Stadia does it too. You don't play with touch controls, you connect a controller to your phone over yeah. freaking USB, which I thought was ridiculous. They have these awesome wireless controllers that I can sit across my living room and connect to a Google Chromecast, but not to my phone. Yeah. yeah <laughs> to I don't plug I don't it into know my if, phone. 
I don't know if the Xbox controller will work Bluetooth to iPhone specifically. Um, but yeah, the, the stuff that I've seen for this, at least on the Android side, is that you pair the, you pair the Xbox controller with the, the Android and you use that as your controller. So, so yeah, there, there is that aspect, but now you're down to the tiny screen where, you know, you go blind. Nate, are you doing something funky because the, uh, the YouTube, the, the stream is funking out? No, I mean, Josh has seen it. I'm seeing it. Nothing that I'm aware of. <laughs> How's <Okay>. that? <laughs> Cause it's very, the, the, the YouTube stream is very pixelated and it's sometimes done the little spinny circle thing. All right. Well, I mean, the, the zoom session is still good, so we're going to keep going. That's, I mean, we're yeah. almost done for the I blame night. Nate's, anyway. I blame Nate's ISP. You can do that if you want. I can. <laughs> All right. So gaming on phones, we'll see where that goes. Yep. All right, so we got two more articles. One of them is about TikTok, and this could really easily go into a rant. <laughs> I don't care about TikTok. So. Well, so I don't care so much about TikTok. I care more about the precedent that this whole thing is setting. So you may have heard... Which, which precedent? Well, you may have heard, right, that um, the president, not president, but the president of the United States, for some reason, has decided that TikTok and what WeChat is the other one yes. uh, because they're run by a Chinese company are threats to national security. Yep. They, they must be banned. Unless. Right? Unless, right. Unless ownership of them is transferred to a U.S. company. Sort of. Or is that not what your, what was your unless? Well, Go ahead. It's, tell it's, us. Well, that was supposed to be the unless, except that you suddenly changed that where it's, it's kind of in the air as to whether that's actually happening. Oh, okay. Maybe you're more up to the minute than I am. Honestly, um, the 19th, I think, was the deadline or the 20th last Sunday was like, yep. oh, yeah, they're going to disappear from the app stores. Well, they didn't. And that's kind of what this article is about. Uh, this is from NPR. Um, TikTok ban averted. Trump gives Oracle Walmart deal his blessing. There are so many problems with this headline. <laughs> One, I don't give a crap. If the president of the United States gives a business transaction his blessing, does anyone else see a problem with this? I well, it is actually part of international relationships and things like that. So yeah, but I, I don't think he actually has that power. But he can uh, he can present an opinion. Here's the thing like, that I'm here's the thing that I'm bothered about. Unless I misunderstand things, this is the way the media has presented this. Trump and his administration have said TikTok is a threat to national security. We have to ban it from all of our people, all of our citizens, because of this cooked up scenario. Maybe not cooked up. I guess it is within the realm of possibility scenario. The where, data is stored in where China. User data, quote unquote, user data from TikTok uh, can be viewed by a Chinese entity and the Chinese government could demand that that entity gives that information to the Chinese government. And all that's true, by the way. That is yeah. true. Yes. Yep. And and I get... Lest, lest we not forget, and I'm sorry if I'm the asshole in the room, the Chinese government are not our friends. No, you're right. They're no. not, they're not good players. You are correct. I don't really necessarily disagree with any of that statement about the ownership of that data and where it lives and whether the Chinese government can get a hold of that data. It's the fact that China gets a lot of crap 
over their great Chinese firewall about how citizens in China don't have access to certain things. They don't have access to the internet the way the rest of the world basically has access to the internet. Uh, everything's censored. Everything's blocked. Um, and we all here in the U.S. look at look at look down at that. Like, look at how backwards their government is. They don't allow them free access to information. What are we doing right here? Isn't this the same thing? No? <laughs> Isn't... Well, I mean, I guess. Vaguely. Here, here's the thing that much, I think needs... It's a much smaller scale, and it's a stupid video sharing app, which is why everyone thinks it's a big joke, right? Isn't this the start? Isn't this the beginning of the government going, <sighs> oh, well, um, you know... Well, you, you can't have access to this other app either. Or you can't have access to that one because of this other scenario. Or um, Google searches need to be filtered such that President Trump isn't, isn't, uh, doesn't have a bad light cast upon him when you search about things. Um, isn't that where we're going? Am I the only one that well, sees this as a, as a problem? All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go <laughs> your, down. Your slope is a little slippery, but I understand yeah. where you're coming well, I'm gonna, from. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole slightly. So the TikTok ban... Um, came out publicly uh, within like a day or two of the whole uh, whatever Trump's rally that he he had that all the TikTokers got together and you know did some video or something and got people to buy up the tickets and nobody showed up. Really weird coincidence. Weird. Really weird. <laughs> so suddenly TikTok is evil and we have to get rid of it. And he was going on about the TikTok ban for a while. And then people started pointing out, like, it's a stupid video platform with, like, I don't know, what is it, like, six-second or 12-second video, whatever the hell 20, it is. 20 seconds. Right? And there's, like, oh, no. What user information on there isn't basically public already anyway, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, right. Then all of a sudden it was, well, TikTok and WeChat, WeChat, because WeChat is used in America and that's, you know, Chinese-owned, too. Now, I've been jumping up and down about WeChat for years because I that is a, an application that I won't go anywhere near because that's run by the Chinese government, or I'm sorry, allegedly run by the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. It has private conversations sure. where there could be significant data there. And I know people who use that for business. I know you people who use that for financials, you know, like all sorts of stuff. I won't go anywhere near it. That one I could believe to be legitimate. So this whole TikTok thing comes out and he decides, well, unless a U.S. company owns it. Okay, well, interesting thing for a president to suddenly declare, but yes, or whatever. Then it turns into a U.S. company has to own it. Oh, and by the way, they have to pay into the U.S. government X amount of money in order for this deal to go through. Right. I'm sorry. When has that ever happened in history? Right. This is my that, thing. That, that bothers me more thing, than the, the fact that... All right. So an app is seen as shady. It's, it's, it's owned by a company that could be leaking data to the Chinese government. I'm, sure. I, can, I can follow that. Okay. Okay. This whole like 
forcing of a sale of such a popular app to a U.S. company specifically from a guy like Donald Trump, who's a freaking businessman at his core, this doesn't put up any red flags for people. <laughs> and then once the money paid to the government, once money paid, yeah, I mean, come on. And then Microsoft has this big deal to go forward with it, and suddenly, out of the blue, Oracle, who happens to be best buds with Trump, apparently, let's not even <clears> talk <throat> about Oracle running TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> And where the hell did Walmart come from? I know. Oracle and Walmart, Oracle and Walmart are about to get to bed, get into bed together, together to uh, to run yeah. TikTok. Right. And now the deal is that it's going to be a a new subsidiary company. I don't know what the hell they're calling it. That's going to be based in America that runs TikTok, yeah. except that. Everything that I've seen so far, and, and I haven't read all of the articles, obviously, but everything I've seen so far says, yeah, we're totally going to say it's run in America, but we're not giving up any of the algorithms or the data or anything. So right. how is that going to work? Yeah, so what is this? It's, what's, it, what's it accomplishing? I don't know. All I know is it. Uh, he backed, well, I guess he was forced to back down. I saw, I ran across another headline that said something about he had to prove... That is, Trump had to prove that there was any actual problem with TikTok. Otherwise, they, they weren't going to be forced to take it off the app stores. It's still on the app stores. I checked on Google Play when I read this article. Um, they, because of this new thing, they allegedly backed off because of it. Right. So now they're trying to put a positive light on it or something. I don't know. Here, I'll, I'll check. Uh, WeChat, I'm not sure about. Let's I, see. I think for me, what's important with this, and I'm not saying Trump is right at all on this, that the U.S. is right, that whatever. But I think conversations like this are important as we struggle with privacy, as we struggle with communication, as we struggle with the very idea that America is has been in bed with China in a very uncomfortable manner, and 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 it's kind of hard to be all self righteous about certain things when you realize when you realize how deep a lot of American companies are into China. Yep. Forget American companies. The Chinese government loaned a disturbing amount of money to the American government. Yeah. So we are in bed with China, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the so. way, WeChat's still on the App Store. So how's that ban working out? Yeah, I don't know. Because anyway, everything I, I saw said TikTok was delayed, but I WeChat feel, was gone. I feel like this whole thing is getting not enough attention from folks who might actually care about freedom because it's just this stupid video sharing app that people think is ridiculous. But you know that's, I mean? that's an ongoing challenge. Oh, so much for 90 minutes, by the way, we're at 921. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Anyway, I was going to move on from this article quickly, but um, I don't know. I, I see problems with all this. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just being extra paranoid and it's not a big well, deal. Well, there's your there's your little dose of paranoia. Little dose of paranoia. Maybe it's a big dose of paranoia here. No, you probably have something. I I, I suspect that all is not as it seems on yeah. the surface here. I don't I don't like this at all. And the, the the thread that I'm getting from the news, granted, it's the news. I don't have inside sources. Maybe there is some kind of proof that that uh, what's what's it called? The company that currently owns TikTok is actually currently. Like ByteDance is actually currently sharing information with the Chinese government and there's like a really big deal. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of that is true. From the outside, it sure looks like Trump is having a fit. 
Yeah, but that's sort of his modus operandi, too. It is. It is. He's a level 1,000 internet troll. Yep. Yeah, a level 1,000 internet troll with enough power to make it nightmares for the rest of us. Anyway. Anybody, I grew up in New Jersey. Anybody who watched Donald Trump through the time that I watched him could have called this. He's he's doing exactly what the people who put him into office wanted him to do. Yep. He's thumbing his nose at institutions. Yeah. He's, and he's, he throws he's, a temper he, tantrum every time he doesn't get his way. You know and what? If the there's... And if you know, and if the friggin' Democratic Party could 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 put forth a non shitty nominee, <laughs> yeah. And now they're going to do it again. Then then Trump wouldn't be there. So yeah. Yeah. oh my god, I just got political. Yeah, we did. But I mean, th- there are a lot of people that say this is why we elected Donald Trump, and now he's doing what he said he was going to do, and now we're all not happy with it. It's not a bug; it's a feature. He's working as intended. Well, I meant I meant the the country we as the in, royal we. Yeah, the the country I'm, elected him. I'll argue that one too. He did not get the popular vote. As yeah, far it as doesn't I'm, matter. That's not that's how the way we elect presidents I, in this country. That's the way the that. law currently works. If it changes, then I'll that. agree with you. Yep, I understand that. <laughs> and all the candidates know how we elect how we elect presidents yeah. yep. in this country. And, I also and if you want to read a fascinating book. There's a book called Shattered, which is an inside look at Hillary's campaign. Yep. My brother-in-law pointed this out to me because he he's an editor on the Hill. Uh, fascinating inside look at the Clinton campaign. And it, had she listened to her husband, we would have had President Clinton. That's all I'm going to say. Again. Bill was right. Hillary blew him off. <laughs> I can't imagine that happening in that house. Yeah, well. You can say what you want about <laughs> Bill Clinton. The dude is... The dude knows oh, politics and he knows how people yeah. how people yeah. think. Yeah. Had 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 Hillary listened to her husband, she would have won. I, I I'm not a Full fan stop. of hers. I voted for her. I'm not a fan not of a fan. hers. I'm not surprised that she didn't win. I went third party dude, in twenty sixteen. I am terrified this year. You, you. And I I the cynic in me is is saying that I'm not sure that twenty twenty is gonna end. I don't. I don't know that that on the other side of this election anything's going to be any better. <laughs> no, I, I, I. We're resilient. We've been, but this, really, co- this country has been through a, really terrible, a lot worse. Oh yeah, I'm sure it honestly has. So it'll be fine. So anyway, Jason, I know you were very excited about this next article you put in. Let's try to make it quick so we can get I this done. Quick. I just think this next one. Can is we offend hilarious. anybody else? Yeah, let's let's try to talk about I don't know whether people should be vegan or not. Ah, <laughs> oh, vegan CrossFitters. That's got a couple of vegan yeah, CrossFitters. And some on. essential oils. Let's throw that in. Go for it. Be vegan. So, so our our next article is from BBC because you know might as well get one from across the pond. Uh, Amazon unveils flying ring security drone and Luna game service. Now, I didn't read anything thing. about Luna games. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> I am just fascinated by the flying ring <laughs> security drone. I want it. Does it have lasers? Thing, it's got to have lasers is, if it's a security drone. It's, it's called the Always Home Cam. It's this little square thing. You, yeah. you got to look at the article. It's a little square thing that apparently is a quadcopter, basically. with a It's camera. awesome looking. It and is. It flies around your house if it, it detects a potential break-in. My gosh. I... What, to go get video of it? I guess that's the point, right? I guess. I just, I I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see the number of 
vulnerabilities that come out where people are taking yes. over the, the 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 flying cameras in flying other people's houses. The, just, flying into the bathroom while while the missus is in the shower. And yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's spying the on the kids. Working and, as intended, yeah. not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> it's it's a nudity. Divine. Uh, I just can't. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, oh, from, from loot, the, loot is basically Amazon's version of Stadia, by the way, if you scroll down. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. The so so I will say that the design of the quadcopter itself is it does appear to be other than the fact that you can get bonked in the head with it. Yeah. It does appear to be quite safe. Um, you know, oh, it's yeah, all, all the the blades are self contained yeah. and it looks like it's got this little charging base or something that it sits on. Picture like a Roomba except that flies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. For 250 bucks, you too can have a flying big brother in your house. God, that's crazy. Just crazy. I, yeah. Because their track record with just their doorbells is so awesome. Yeah, right. Soon the police will be able to just fly around your house and see what's yeah, going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we expected a break-in, so we launched your quadcopter, and to I'm sorry around, that the yeah. wife was in the shower. I clearly have forgotten the conference room scene in RoboCop because I want one of these. Yeah, right. <laughs> Drop right. your weapon. You have five seconds to comply. What was that? The Ed 9000 or whatever? ED, Ed 209. Yeah, Ed 209. That's what it was. And he dropped the gun in the carpet. It was too soft on the carpet. And I was like, I don't know when that movie came out. Who but the I... hell loads a demo robot with live With ammo? live rounds. Yeah, I was like nine when I saw that. <laughs> Scarred me for life. <laughs> I'm terrified of robots now. Like this is the security demonstration, but we've loaded the live rounds in ED two oh nine. But but it, and 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 I I could dig up the article if I need to. But the, you know this is a real life scenario where they loaded the demo robot with live ammunition. This this was a um they did a uh, a demo of an automated turret system for uh, one of the branches of the military, loaded with live rounds that for whatever reason, turned around and faced the audience. Oh, my gosh. Live ammo. Now, they were able to stop it and didn't shoot anybody, but still, like, you know. They got RoboCop. Once again, fantasy is, not, fantasy is not too far from reality. I'm, I'm pretty sure Ed 209 came up as a reference for that, too. So oh. uh, Andy O'Mail asks in our, in our Matrix chat, uh, can it chase cats? And I'm sure the answer is yes. Well, oh, I'm buying one with proper hacking. I'm all about I'm all about um, um, antagonizing cats. And it's so supposed to be loud. It's, it's to be built loud. intentionally to be loud. So the so the, the the fans go. All right. I I think I want one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think that's the end of our news for tonight, and that brings us to the close of the show, which has been an interesting ride through. Uh, unusual territory of politics little bit, and right? religion, which we try not to touch on, but sometimes happens anyway. We touched upon both of them. I'm also being attacked by a six-year-old <laughs> who came to plug her, t- her tablet back in. <laughs> All right. So it's yeah, been a f- come here, video door slam. Yeah, right. So, um, oh, and now someone else is coming. It's the other one to plug her phone in. Just put it down. <laughs> Shush. Oh, stop it. Oh. Yeah, hey. you hear that? You've been the, told. Yeah. All right. Yep. So anyway. All right. Come on, girls. We're almost done. Get out. 
Oh, now we're dancing. And now we have the sassy dance. Yep. <laughs> kids are oh. fun. Kids are fun. No, they're not. Have have kids, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Have more than one, they said. Actually, no one said it would be fun. They all said it was lots of work. I don't know why we didn't stop. Anyway. Eh. <laughs> so rewarding. I have some theories. All right. So anyway, thanks for watching tonight. Uh, if you want to watch us live, you can do so on the second and fourth Thursday of every month on either the YouTube uh, channel or the Twitch stream. Now that we have restreaming set up, um, that's if you want to watch us live. Otherwise, you can listen to us after the fact because we'll always release it as a as a recorded podcast because that's where we started. And we don't want to forget our our base, right? Uh, if you want to. No if you want to chat help. with us for some strange reason, you can do so via our Matrix community because I got tired of renewing our invite for Slack. There's a uh, link for that in the show notes. Plus, if you go to ironsysadmin.com, there's links there for how you can join or find us on, uh, you know, Twitch or YouTube or the other things like social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook. You can find us at ironsysadmin on both of those. And... You can subscribe to us wherever you normally find podcasts. Um, I did, uh, uh, Libsyn, which we host the podcast on, recently gave us the option for a, yet another uh, podcast service that I don't think I've ever heard of. I can't even remember the name of it at this point, but we're on that now too. So we're everywhere. Uh, and remember, yeah. you can find uh, Iron Sysadmin merchandise at Teespring. Uh, there's a link for that somewhere in the show notes here. I would read it to you if I could find it. Teespring.com slash stores slash iron sysadmin. It's not that hard, but I always think it's shops instead of stores. It's stores. And with that, I think, uh, oh yeah, you can also become a patron if you would like on patreon.com slash iron sysadmin. With that, I think we're finally done. We certainly did not make the 90 minute mark. In fact, the timer on the recorder is two hours and 30 minutes, which might come down to two hours once I take out the break and the stuff we recorded before the show. Mm, that's super optimistic. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping. That's all. I know no one's asking us to have shorter shows, but I really feel like we should be at least hitting the two-hour mark <laughs> routinely. <laughs> we'll try next time. Yeah, we'll try next time. Sure we will. All right, folks. So it's been fun, and uh, I guess we will catch you in the next show. Yeah, if we, if we get below the two-hour mark, maybe we can be the number one show. Maybe. You're right. You're right. Or maybe we need to hit the four-hour mark. We have to beat those admin-admin guys. That's it. We need four-hour yeah. shows. You know, I know other podcasts that are ridiculously long, and they have plenty of views. I mean, look at Paul Security Weekly. He just goes on for as long as he wants to, doesn't he? But I'm pretty sure that show never ends. It doesn't. It's just I, the show I that never they just, ends. They just keep going it until just it's goes time. On and on, my friend. They just keep going until it's time to record the next show and then pick up from there. Is that what you're I think saying? So yeah. look, it worked for them. They got acquired. So yeah, you know, right. They're all right. millionaires now. Golden. So Star. they were able to answer the question. Oh right. That no. we posed at the no. very beginning. Billionaires. That that was clearly with a B. I don't think they're billionaires. Mm. Although that would be awesome. Millionaire would probably Listen, be good. Uh, if podcasting can turn me into a billionaire, that would be awesome. So folks, send us billions of dollars so that all of, all of us can be billionaires. We'll settle for millions. We'll settle for millions. You're probably right. I don't want to be greedy. You're all very generous already. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. We'll probably settle for thousands. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hundreds <laughs> would be good for now. <laughs> oh, just hundred buy me airs. some coffee. I'm a hundred air. <laughs> just buy me some coffee. <laughs>
All right, folks, we'll catch you on the next show. Later. Let's, let's see if the credits Bye. work this week. Maybe. Here we go. Good night.